I got to start off today by thanking everyone who's pre-ordered my book, Life of the Party. I know it gets exhausting hearing me talk about this book so much. That's why I've pulled back the retweets a tad bit. But if you do tweet me a receipt of your purchase of Life of the Party, I will favorite you. I will follow you. You can DM me. I will do your podcast. And if I see you on the road, I will buy you a beer because your pre-order is the key determining factor on how well this book does and whether or not we see it in a bookstore, which is my ultimate goal. So if you haven't already, please go to birdbirdbird.com and pre-order your copy of Life of the Party. I love you with all of my heart. I'm still on tour, West Palm, Edmonton, Irvine, Tampa, Mastucket. I don't know the exact dates. Priscilla's sitting on my feet today's guest. Stand-up comedian, Al Jackson. This is Hello. Oh, <clears throat> hey, it's Bert. Uh, this is the beginning of the podcast. It, it, uh, what happened was, ah, oh, fuck. It fell over. It fell over. Here, wait. I'm here with Matt Fultron. What up, everybody? Matt Fultron, how are you? And uh, we were in we're in West Palm this weekend, and and uh, Al Jackson came by, and we decided to do a podcast, and it was so good. It is it is still so good, right? It's so great. It's so it's good. It's like when Tenacious D wrote a song about how good of a song they wrote before. Yeah. That's what this podcast is. We um, actually the first twenty minutes we lost, but um the, the the next 20 30 after that is still fucking amazing so and we I, lost, yeah, we lost and some I, of it and i think there's an hour after that that's just as good right the 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 meat of it if you don't know al jackson <clears throat> google him he's so fucking funny Hilarious. old snickers dick that's what we lost oh, out of the whole fucking oh, thing we lost bad. the whole that's oh we lost bad. the whole conversation about that's viagra's too that's too bad viagra's you guys should have been there it was amazing. Viagra's and getting cut off on planes. <laughs> he got cut off on a plane because he had Man, seven I about how much fun doubles. Had. I love that he goes, I had seven doubles. He had seven doubles, meaning he had 14 drinks. It St- was Sitting next to a guy that also had 14 drinks, and they cut the both of them off. So and one guy was a redneck, and he was a black dude, and there was no discrimination. He still is a black dude. It was strictly fucking too many drinks. So I hope to God... You enjoy this podcast as much as we enjoy doing it. Here's the deal. If you don't enjoy it, stop not enjoying it because <laughs> we are going to do a pickup podcast where we make him talk about Snickers dick. Right. It's his material anyways. You can check out uh, Al Jackson. Like, that's his material. Yeah. Like, and know? and if you check out uh, Al, just we're going to do another podcast back in the man cave where it's me, Matt, and Al. We Bottom had... line is Al Jackson is one of the funniest guys on the fucking planet i am one of the most relatable human beings on the fucking planet and this is coming from two guys who will distinctly tell you we do not say that loosely we had so much fun talking about comedy but we love al jackson (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it is now what time is it six i don't know i don't see a clock it is i think 5 30 no. Yeah, we'll call it five thirty. Five thirty in the morning. Five thirty in the morning in West Palm. Matt and I are in my room drinking vodka, and uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And when Al is getting on a plane in fucking thirty minutes, to go face his family. Yeah, he's going to go see his family. And Al got lit tonight. We had such a fucking good time. So much fun. Oh, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, let's want to plug a date. Anything. No, I got no dates. Uh, I got no dates either. Go see Bert, and I'll be there. (laughs) Starting in May. Buy my book. I fucking love you. It's called This is a Part of the Job I Hate. It's on iTunes. Get my CD. Get my book. I'm sure I've already done a preamble to this, 
and asked you to buy my book. But if I haven't, please buy my book. I love you with all my heart. Please enjoy the second part of Al Jackson. Which and is great. It's great. It's I'm telling you. It's good enough to be a first part. All right, we're back up. Okay. Let's see. Hopefully. Uh, I think so. It says 25. Yeah. Oh, cool. I think, yeah, we got the old stuff too. Um, sorry, that fell, everybody. I'll be a little more responsible with it. Let's see. We'll do this. There you go. There. That's better. Okay. So now we got everyone. Um, what were we talking about? Explain that scientific setup yeah. for us. So let me explain. Yeah. Let me, let me explain what happened, everybody. I, uh, I was balancing very precariously the fucking Zoom recorder, and it did a fucking Greg Luganus under the ground. So that little clap you heard is, is fucking... This is why they still have radio shows. Um, and now it's going to sound like I'm on the other side of the room. It will it, it, it sound like you guys switched seats. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It'll sound like you I guys switched seats. I people be able to follow. Yeah. They're like, wait, wait. How hey, many Al's over there now? Come sit over here, Al. So, uh, what, what, what were we talking about? Being at the airport and fucking sneaking drinks in. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there's, I mean, I'm really... I, I'm really I'm glad that you do that. My thing is like I usually just try and time, especially if I know I'm not gonna be able to drink at the airport. I gotta try and get my my last drink like walking out the door kind of yeah. shit. Yeah. And uh, you know like some cities like they serve like in the morning and like some places like I, I was in Charlotte a couple weeks ago and I try and get like a, a scotch on the rocks at like seven in the morning. Yeah. And the chick the, the chick she just like she was like oh honey. That's what she feels something big black woman took called me honey. Yeah, but if you wake up at three p.m. Yeah. And then you live in New York or whatever, and you go out and you do some comedy. You have a little bit of drink and you don't go to bed. You need a little drink. You need to get a little you to drink. Sleep. Well, it's here's it's called alcoholism. It's it's, it's <laughs> technically technically you could call it alcoholism. This is the way I justify it. Um, I do not want to be there. I do not want to be doing it, and I'm having anxiety. But if I reward myself with a little cocktail, then I feel like I can get through it. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I got something to look forward to. So, and then, I, I mean, obviously, I have a fear of flying. But, you know, I, some people do it with Xanax. Like, I was talking to someone, they were like, they were like no, 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 what I do is I take, like, a half of Xanax, like, right before, right, like, when I start getting ready to go to the airport, and then it kicks in for the car ride, and then when I get to the airport, I take the other half. And I was like, I don't really see much of a difference between that and having a drink. Like, really. No, you're going to be you're gonna be super loopy on the Xanax, especially, yeah. like, cause I, especially if you're not used to taking them. Like, I've taken them, like, I take maybe, like, once every four months, yeah. and, like, because I'm not used to it. That shit fucks me up. Like, I'm like, I am high right now. Yeah. It's, it's, you know how to handle alcohol. You know what it's going to do. You know how to behave. But it's, it's, it's visible. It. It's visible. So people are seeing you doing it. Right. Like, you put an ambient in your mouth by yourself and no one knows you're on it. But fucking everyone on those flights, anyone on a fucking red eye is on an ambient and a couple glasses of wine. And I Fuck promise yeah. you, it is so much safer for me to have fucking four drinks on a plane, five drinks on a plane. And and, and my, my thing is, and I was talking to some flight attendants the other day, but like, I'm a, I'm always afraid that they're gonna cut me off, and I don't I haven't been cut off since I was like fucking a child. Right. But uh, that fear of being a grown man and someone saying I think you've had too much when I clearly haven't. Like, right. They don't know that I do this for a living. That I can drink. <laughs> yeah. My I do this by myself. Right. And so like, like this is not a thing. Yeah. yeah. This isn't. I'm not. A, I'm not a fucking kid on spring break. Yeah. That's gonna get loose. I'm a fucking professional yeah. who's flying across country to make money, and I promise you I will be lucid when I get land. But like, so that's why I bring those little Jack Daniels on the flight. And like, and what I'll do is, if like I'll order a drink from them, I'll go. Let me get a Jack on the Rocks, 
and then I'll get theirs, and then I, I'll drink half of it, and then I'll crack mine open and pour the rest in. So then I know that I don't have that panic of wondering, you know, like now it's yeah, not, yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like I wolfed it down, right? Yeah. Like I fucking pounded. I was like another one, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I, I just ask for doubles a lot. I usually compliment right. the stewardess, and then uh, first of all, I don't call her stewardess. Get over here, name girl, girly, girly. Come here to stop drinking on this place. Yeah, like I, I come, I'm always like, oh, I'm like, what you do with your hair? You know, I'll just do two. I just always like, come yeah. do, and I, but I don't I, want you to have to walk back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm thinking I, about I got you. Cut off though. When I got cut off on a cross country flight, I, I, I get uh, upgraded a lot with US Airways somewhere yeah. around Mississippi. No, and it wasn't. It was. It was. It was crazy, man. I was sitting next to this like some Texas businessman. He had like a ten gallon hat on. You can tell he had dough. Like one of those. Yeah. One of those old dudes that's got dough. Yeah. And uh, he he and I got to talking, and, and I was drinking vodka sodas, and he was drinking screwdrivers, and uh, we were just talking. And the stewardess came over. You know, it's about a four and a half hour flight, something like that. The stewardess is like, you know, we can't serve you guys anymore. It's like she was like, we have it. They can't serve you more than fourteen minute minute bottles. That's how many we had. Between, like, hold on, I'm sorry. So between we, we between each, you guys, we each had seven doubles. Yeah, we each had seven doubles. We had, okay. we, we each had fourteen. Yeah, each of us had. We each had seven doubles. Yes. Okay. Yeah. For the record, that is a lot. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say four. We each had seven doubles. Fourteen drinks. Seven doubles. <laughs> These motherfuckers cut me off. A black man. <laughs> Play the race card. You could play because they're going to do a redneck too. Oh, that's great. We just had seven doubles. Man, and I, it's just like, and I kind of checked, like, dude, when we landed, he got up the plane. He was good. I was yeah. pretty good. I was like, man, this, he was a big dude, but he yeah. was like, he's a, there's some dudes. He like, he put seven doubles down and got off and probably did a $500,000 deal. God damn, what we got Seven doubles. What were you talking? He was real, people are curious about comedy. I was talking about like what he did because he was like he made his money. He had an ill kind of job. He like literally runs those ranches where people take one herd of cows and send it to another ranch. But yeah. like he's got he's like the McDonald's of that. Like that his company will take this herd and drive it here for cattle and all that kind of whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah. But like he did that. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a job. Right. You know, that you could just, like, my, my and, life is cattle and herding. And I thought it's a good job. Yeah. By the way, by the way, that cattle herding is fun as fuck. Did you do that? You did I've the city sticker shit? Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I did, yeah, but I, no, I didn't do, like, a whole run of it. But what you do is you get the horse, and the horse knows its job. So the horse knows what it, it does it every fucking day, so the horse knows what you're doing. So then you get on the horse, and all of a sudden... You are like that much more in control of the horse because he knows what he's got to do, also. Right. And I mean, these horses were fucking, it was, I was so fucking badass. They'd like kick the cattle with the, their leg and like herd them over. And then you'd see a stray cattle and you'd pull your horse over to the left and go, let's go get him. And the fucking horse would take off to go get that one cow and run it back. It was, Dang. it was, dude, it was like, it was like, uh, it was like really having like, and I, I Joe Rogan talk, talked about. The idea of dominion over animals is so fucking f- insane when you think we can control a horse. And I've been on horses that I can't control. I almost got bucked off a horse, and I, that is terrifying. Is that like you see your whole life flash kind of shit? Bad. I was yeah. on a beach in Costa Rica, and we had these three horses, and I got my horse, and, and I was, because I'm a big guy, I got the biggest horse. And 
my horse starts running, and naturally, like those horses are a little different than our horses. When you put your legs under, I'm doing put my legs under him to hold on, but that tells the horse to run faster. Like, <laughs> and so he just takes off and he starts going into the woods, and I'm like, no. And he, the guy told me, don't let him go into the woods; you'll get fucking killed because the horse. <laughs> Horse has no care that you're on. It'll just fucking take off into the woods. Yeah, get, yeah. And so I couldn't. <laughs> he gets sleepy hollow. I could not. <laughs> I could not control this fucking horse, and I was scared, man. I was shaking. Yeah. I got. I got off, and I was like, I'm going. I'm done. Yeah. The segment's over. I'm going. I'm going to eat yeah. breakfast. <laughs> I have a. I had a Costa Rican girlfriend, so we used to go to Costa. I used to go to Co- when I lived in Miami. Uh, I used to go to Costa Rica maybe once every two months. Like oh. we, we went all the time. It made my buddy, who's a super mm-hmm. adventurous dude. Like uh, we rented one of those uh, those R- we went on, on an RV tour, yeah. but like when you're talking about the guy was like, oh yeah, don't do that, you'll get fucking killed. That's how they in other countries. That's how they talk. They, we were on this AV tour and it was super. It was like way too dangerous for tours to be doing. Like we yeah. were up. So I remember we were like on the side of this mountain. I remember I looked over the side. There's maybe like 18 inches between my tire and just a thousand foot drop like we, we you could see clouds right. underneath yeah. you right. and I remember the guy was going uh, we're not going to go this way there's a ton of tigers up here so <laughs> we're gonna, tigers and I'm just like what like just casually like yo and I'm like what are we doing up here we're fighting for our life on this fucking Dude, and we're paying for it yeah there's those moments that were like uh, like I was telling I was telling someone the other day I was on a mountain in Switzerland at like 13,000 feet and I was in powder we were snow. We were hella skiing, and I was in powder up to my waist, and and the air is thin, and I'm out of shape, and I'm also hungover from my flying. And I flew into Zurich that night, and I'm up there. And at one point, I fell face first. I couldn't get up, and I started really going, "Oh fuck, man, this is what death feels like." Like I'm pushing, but my arms are just going into powder, and I can't, oh, and I can't, you can't steady yourself. I can't get myself up. I can't get, and I'm face first, and man. I can't get myself up. And I'm and I'm really tired. Like had I been not absolutely exhausted, I might have had an easier time. But I tried to roll over on my back. But I'm also on a really steep slope, upside down, like face first, and like head down. And I just was like, motherfucker. And Leanne says my wife was like, I think you might have post traumatic stress from this because I was like, like panic, like get me the fuck up. Yeah. And I could not get up. And thankfully. So one of my fucking one of the guides came over and rolled me over, and I, but I was like, dude, had they just gone and not known that I had fallen, I'm fucking dead, like dead. It's fucking insane whether, how fragile life is. Whether it's a horse or it's snow or the water, you quickly realize when you fuck around outside of like pussy ass Dave and Buster's yeah. mountain climbing yeah, 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 yeah. shit, you realize like how insignificant it is, how easily you can fall. I was in Puerto Rico one time. And uh, we were uh, on this private beach, and I turned around to tell my boy something. I turned around, and a wave fucking smashed me mm-hmm. in the face, like bloodied my nose, like yeah. fucking. Because I just turned around, and a wave just fucking hit me. Right. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you just realize, like, it pulled, and I got pulled under. Like, once it did, it like pulled my shorts down. And it was like, <laughs> it's funny now, but like, I remember that feeling of just like me. Yeah. I was like, this is what death feels like. Like yeah. when you just get hit, and then you're under that quick. You're just yeah. like. Oh shit! This is what everybody that's drowned in the Atlantic Ocean feels like. <laughs> this is exactly their story, right? Until they right. didn't get help. Now we're just we're just like a gnat on the world's arm, man. It's not That's it. So yeah, fucking it. crazy that you're so right about that. I remember when I was in. We used to take the girls back when I wasn't working as much. We take the girls every Sunday to the beach. We'd have a beach day every fucking Sunday. And my buddy Chris Gillen was like, "Let's go out and fucking surf." And this is in the Pacific Coast, Pacific on the Pacific. So we swim out. 
And, the, and I get out there and I'm like, man, these are big fucking waves. And I grew up surfing. I've always been confident in the water. But man, one wave came and it held me down and I went like, oh shit, this is death. Yeah. Like that's, it's totally, like I've, I've, that, that's a fucking insane feeling. But it's fun to like capture that for like a second yeah. in life to just to put right. perspective back, you know? Yeah. I got the I got the undertow before I even know what the undertow was. I was a kid. Really? And I was at the Jersey Shore, and I just fucking just got sucked. You were just going. Just got sucked under <laughs> his back. Oh. And I like I, you know I was a couple of, you know, I don't know fifty feet down or however far down. Yeah. And I told my mother about it. She's like, yeah, that's the undertow. And I'm like, there's a fucking undertow. <laughs> oh, we didn't tell you about what that. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just think it's compounded. I think for just black people just have we already have like a fear of the water. Like it's amazing. Like we were, I was in, I was doing the show. We were in Jamaica, uh, and we needed like there were people jumping off these cliffs, and we needed some shots. And so we had a mostly Jamaican crew with us. None of them swam. Wow. A lot of people in Jamaica don't swim. Really? A lot of people. They wouldn't even get in the water to just hold the underwater camera so you could see the motherfucking wow. land. Are you fucking yes. serious? Uh, it's, a, it's a cultural thing. Like, I don't know what... And I heard a lot of times with black women, it's because of their hair. Like, sure. They don't want to yeah. have to get their hair wet because a black woman is a bitch. But um, I don't know. It's a real thing. You want to tell Bert? I don't know if you want to tell about it on the podcast. Are you, are you writing a series of articles? Oh, yeah. Are you yeah, still doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm about halfway through, but I'm... I'm uh, I'm right. I'm. Uh, I want to write basically like a BuzzFeed kind of article called like ten or fifteen things you should do because they're gonna call you white anyway. <laughs> and I just feel like black people we don't do shit because you just get yelled at. I, I say like every black kid like when you're like five, like you know a black person like has their hand on their shoulder like listen. You're a black man, but you can do whatever you want. You're like, can I go kayaking? And they're like, shut up, faggot. <laughs> Wait, boy. Wanna can go I go kayaking? kayaking? Shit. No, you can't. You're like, yeah, you're like, you can't do anything. I went you can, hiking. Can I go first. kayaking? <laughs> That's so fucking funny. There's so much shit that I've done that I don't even realize it, but it is a straight up pretty much white activity. Like rock climbing. Yeah. Rock climbing, fucking canyoneering. Yeah. Like that's so fucking interesting. It's a it's a it's a thing, and it's just like when I went hiking for the first time ever at Griffith Park, which is like not a big deal. Sure, but like I just went there and I was like, why haven't I been doing this? I feel great. <laughs> I'm outside. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm like, I'm doing this. Is where I can bring my dog. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's just like if you told. I, I, I remember there was a point where like uh, I used to buy uh, like George Carlin cassette tapes. And my friends found him in my room, like it was porn. And they were like, "Who's this white guy?" I was like, "That's my stepdad." It's like I was like the greatest comedian ever, off on my stepdad. I was like, "I don't know him." Like he's a white guy, you know. But it's just like the fear of just being a. But it's just like basic shit. Yeah, go to the symphony. <laughs> Try it. It might suck. It's oh, like, what? Well, you know, that would be a great fucking TV show. Yeah. Yeah, he's writing the articles. Yeah, man. man. Awesome. Let me know if you want to hook you up and travel. They'd fucking. Really? They would, they'd, I mean, they're, they don't. I, mean, I think the struggle for a lot of those type, like, for Travel Channel in general, and I'm not speaking for Travel Channel, and I'm sure they're rolling over if anyone's listening to this right now. But the struggle is to find diversity and get it on the air. Because right. it's easy to find a white guy to do jump out of a plane and. Fucking bungee jump and and base jump and and attached free falls. There's like white guys, a line of white guys that want to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but even if they've never done it before, don't know what the fuck they're doing. Myself right. included. Yeah. But uh, but but that, I think that would be an interesting 
It's like definite fish out of water. You yeah, know? that'd be cool because I just like I was, especially if you had like a black production. <laughs> yeah, doing it, and you had black writers and black APs and black producers thinking, "What is out of the box?" That would right. be fucking fascinating. Right, I would fucking love to watch. I would that. love to just explore that because I just I remember as a young dude just growing up and being so like jealous of. White dudes, because you can be any kind of white dude. Right. You could be like, I'm a, I got my gold retriever, I got my Jeep Wrangler, and a, and a yellow surfboard <laughs> white boy. Yeah. You could be like, I got two blackberries, and I'm a Wall Street white boy. Right. You could be a punk right. rocker. You could be a hip hop white boy. Right. You could be any kind of white dude, but like any kind of black dude. It's just like. Like I'm considered a white black dude. I'm like I love hoops and fried chicken and big booties. Right. And I'm considered white. I'm like I don't even do shit. I'm like I'm just sitting here. Shut up. You know, it's like you can only be one kind of black dude, and it's like a lot of black dudes are just like like Hannibal, just a quiet, soft-spoken sure. dude. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody's not like, oh fuck that son. I'm yeah. just, and I some of my homeboys are like that. You know, right, but right, it's right, like. Right. The majority of like black dudes, we just be sitting there a lot. Like black dudes aren't as like care. They turn it on at certain times. A lot of black dudes just be at their house. Yeah, just you know, just guys right. at the crib. Right. And there's like this huge thing. And I, I think a lot of black men. And I hope it's changing now because the world is smaller and people are seeing I think it shit. Is but like, yeah. I just I, you see black kids skateboarding now. It's like, yeah. you know, why, why the fuck can't you? It's a sport. It's a skill. Right. Yeah. Like, but just like if you do it, black women ain't gonna fuck you. That's yeah, what that's what it is. It should be that's the, that's 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 the asterisk. You could do it, but black women ain't gonna fuck you. So we do. There, think- there was this dude. Uh, my friends just skate in Washington D.C. at Freedom Plaza all the time, and there was this dude, this black dude that was part of their crew, the skateboarding crew. And if you saw people from his high school, he would hide. It's a really? fear. It's so a, it, so it, like if you if you were dating, if you were going to take a black woman on a date stereotypically, and you were like, we're going to go paddleboarding today, she'd be like, uh, yeah. It's not. She she would immediately be on her phone like this nigga. <laughs> that would be you know how, like about. It, it would like the the phone would just fill it in for you. It would just be this and and it would just be nigga with an exclamation point. Like it's and it's like paddle boarding during the day would probably be really great. Yeah, but it's right. like I look you know my grandmother whose name's my on my arm. I love I mean my, the favorite my favorite person that's ever lived. She like you know till her dying day her favorite restaurant was Red Lobster. It's because black people pick like five things. We're like Red Lobster, Hennessy, uh, NBA All Star Weekend, you know, and it's just like, and then we just don't deviate. It's like, you, like what? Like, and if you even brought up doing anything else, we'd be like, all right, this motherfucker I think he's too good for the Hampton Inn. You know what I'm too good for the Hampton Inn. Oh, that's fucking genius! Uh, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I just always want. I just wish like, and I was like, the good thing with me is like, I I wasn't ever cool enough to have to really worry about that. Right. But it's like I never. I, I just think about how many, how many black kids that were like really interested in shit, but like didn't pursue it because you're gonna get you're gonna get fucking attacked for yeah. show. Right, right. You know, right. and it's just like you're just like I'll just I'll just I'll just I just won't go. You know, <laughs> she just, I just won't Not go. Worth it. And so, like, you'll miss out on paddleboarding. That's why I made it 36 years without going hiking. And I live in fucking California. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm staying in Culver City. That's That's a, Pat, Patrice had a joke a long time ago about. Uh, I don't even know if it was a joke. I don't. I, but, or maybe he just said it. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, about 
liking the Beatles. He's like, you know how yeah. hard it is because I can't play it in my car because uh-huh. I, I, if I, if anyone hears me listening to the Beatles, he goes, I can't. He goes, I put on the Beatles. I have to change the way I sit. He goes, when I sit in my car, I sit like this, like with my over to the side, my hand on top. He goes, you can't listen to the Beatles like that. You gotta have two hands on the wheel. We all live in a yellow submarine. Yeah, it was like. That's really fucking fascinating. I don't think that that's a perspective that white people hear ever. Yeah. Like, I think white people just assume uh, black people aren't interested in the shit they're interested in. I saw I saw it in a Fishbone documentary too. You know the band Fishbone? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the bass player. He was like, he said it to the camera. He was like, yeah, I, I live in Venice Beach and I go surfing. He's like, I finally got over like all the. You know, it's not it's not approved like you were saying. It's He's like, I just had to get over it because I really like surfing. It's so I just had to get past it. You know. Yeah, and then you mix into that that like you're probably coming from a family where like your mom and dad didn't swim, and so then that out, water activity's done. Right. So Swim, is that swimming? Is that just is that just passed on because the parents never learned how to swim, so they're not going to take you to a pool? Well, swimming pools, I think, traditionally hold a lot of significance in terms of civil rights. Yeah. Because oh, okay. uh, I think there wasn't a lot of access to swimming pools, and black people couldn't use white swimming pools. So I think there was like a couple generations of people that just never learned to swim. If right. you live yeah. in fucking Memphis in 1960, right. and yeah. there's no swimming pools, what the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah, go to a hotel you're not allowed to be in. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So so that's what, and then and then I know that in Florida especially, I distinctly, I can tell you the beach that it's at, but. There were black beaches and there were white beaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when we were kids, we'd go surfing in New Smyrna, and if the waves sucked in New Smyrna, they'd be good in Bethune Cookman. Mm-hmm. And the Bethune Cookman was a black a, college there. Yeah, I a, went to a black college. You went to a black college? Yeah, I went to all What was that like? It was crazy. I mean, it was you just. You in a different world? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, had, I had such a weird experience. I'll talk about this. I went to a black college for my first two years, and I, I got a. Uh, like, I did a transfer program. They had a transfer program with Brown, so I went to Ivy League school for my last two years. Really? So I saw, like, the, you know. What's up, Casey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he waiting, Jamal? Huh? Oh. I'm just going to drop video right now, showing five. Sure, sure. Okay. Nope. I could use a Stella. Oh, yeah, I'll take a Stella, too. I'll do a Stella. There we go. All right. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, we'll talk about this at some point, but, like, going to Black College, first of all, it was a tiny black college in Jackson, Mississippi. There was only 900 students there. And it was just... I went there, and I, I, I'm a kid from Ohio, I've never been anywhere in my life, and I remember, like, sitting on my bed as my parents drove away, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I remember having that thought, like, I'm sitting on my bed in Jackson, Mississippi, I've never been out of Ohio, and I'm like, I don't know anybody, I was like, what am I doing? And, uh, and, and but it was just like, I, I graduated, and I feel like it was because I went to a small school, because a lot of my friends, there's another thing about black men, like, we're not, I feel like... The guidance isn't really there, especially in high school. Our parents all kind of have like a, he'll be okay. Uh And I kind of think like everybody makes fun of like the tiger mom and that shit. But dude, you got to stay on these fucking kids. When I was teaching, man, I would just see kids that didn't give a fuck. And like you tell their parents like, yo, your son Bert is not reading at a fourth grade level. He's in the seventh grade. And they're like, well, you know, he's with his dad two weeks out of the month. So I don't know at the time. I'm like, well, oh, well, fuck it then. You know? That's Sorry to bring up, and that's gonna <laughs> fuck it then. And it's just like I went to that small black school, and it was like literally a school where if you miss like two days of, of class, like <coughs> the teacher would call you, like, 
Hey, man. Hey, baby. Yeah. She, you know, Southern woman. Right. Yeah. We've been missing you in class, baby. You okay? Right. Like, he'll call you. Yeah. And this gave some accountability for a knucklehead like me coming out of school where I, like, barely passed my junior year of high school. Like, I didn't crack a book. Like, I just, I'm sure, straight Ds. Uh, so, for me to, to, to start at literally ground zero and graduate with a degree in biology is because of that, that small school. Right, but, it, right. I mean, it was run by a lot of black people, so some unprofessionalism. <laughs> uh, which we, I mean... <laughs> Like you've never seen. Are you serious? Oh my god! Yeah, like where you're just like. And when I went to Brown, I remember me and my roommate were like, "What the fuck? What happened? Like, what happened, dude? Like you would just go, you would just go to like, it'd be like to, to the registrar's office to get like, you know, to get, thank you. Uh, you know, you go to the registrar's office to just get your classes in. Cheers. And, 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 thanks, Bert. Good to see you, man. Cheers. Good to see you, man. Let's not make it another. We gotta, yeah. we gotta do this again. We gotta do this again at my house in LA. Oh, we gotta do this again. Bro. I'm fucking I'm all, all day, every day. Full charge. You gotta come over I'll and just do this fucking part three two, buddy. Yeah, we need part two. So many stories. They're just. They're just... One example of unprofessionalism, though. Oh, please. <laughs> shit. My friend, uh, my roommate, who is, uh, we, we'll say that sure. story for. But uh, I remember one time he had to finish his report. We were both biology majors. And uh, he went to go get this is back when you had to go to the library to get a book that you needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he went to he, he asked the librarian if they had the book and she was like, Nah, but I just I don't know and wouldn't get it. And then he went back and he checked and they had the book that he needed to pass the class and she was just too lazy to get up and get it. She was just too lazy to get out of her chair. Are you serious? Just a gigantic black woman. That's what you're dealing with is gigantic black women that don't give a fuck. Everywhere. Uh, my loan didn't come through. I don't know, but you're going to have to. You need to go and get your, you need a pink ticket. to. Come. No, that's why I'm here because they didn't print out and like I can't get my books. I don't know what to tell you. That's like it's everything that you do. It, it is an emergency. Like there would be people that didn't couldn't do school that semester because they fucked them. The loan didn't come through. Just like fucking nigga shit. Sorry, that's what it was. It's like and me, and like the thing is, it's like black people. We're all sitting here like this is fucking ridiculous. Like I just think I think anybody that like looks at black people is just like a whole. They just think like black people are just like we're all. Like, a lot of black people are like, this is fucking crazy. Right, yeah. This is literally, like, legitimately fucking crazy. And, like, we'd be in school and we'd be like... One time, like, I was in class and um, there was this dude behind me and it was, like, some kind of, like, early African history studies course or some shit like that. And uh, the professor was, like, straight up, like, an old-school Black Panther. Like, for real. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is the last time I said before. Uh, and and um, so he goes... So what's up, young black man? He goes, are we going to do something? Are we going to rise together as a people? And the guy behind me goes, man, black people are never going to get along. And he thought I said it. And the teacher, the teacher looked, I've never told anybody this in my life. The teacher looked right at me and he goes, well, fuck it, right, Holmes? Fuck it. And I'm like, are we in class? Are you going to fight me in a bar? The teacher said, well, fuck it, right, Holmes. He called me Holmes. That's on my grandmother's life. Look, I'm touching her on her life. Oh my god. Oh. Well, those are good examples of unprofessionalism. Oh. Fuck. Or you, or are you are you in town the 27th of this month? I get back to LA for good on the 30th of of this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back for a while. We gotta do another podcast. You gotta roll. You gotta go to your show. I gotta go. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I could have fucked you. I'm trying to catch up with y'all boys. Uh, I right, did. Uh, Are you know. coming back tonight? Yeah, yeah I'm gonna come back. Come back tonight. We'll just do another one in the green room and get fucking drunk again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah, talking yeah. into my good ear. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. All right.
man. It's good seeing you, Love man. You, boys, have, man. A good, have a good show tonight. Full charge, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> no. Oh, that was oh, a good God, I fucking... <laughs> so fuck it, right, homes? <laughs> Are we in class? <laughs> I, I forgot you class? said that, man. I just never think about that. It was just so every day. <laughs> I did when I did stand up. I did stand up in New York. The like my fourth time on stage. One of my buddies, Hank Brown, came to the show, and I didn't know he was there. And he sat behind a guy with that was bald, and he hid behind him. And every time I'd say a joke, he'd go, "Homo," <laughs> and I go, and I was like, and I couldn't see him. All I see is a bald guy. I go, "What did you say?" And the guy's like, "Nothing." And I go, "I come on, man. I heard you." And I turn back, and he said, "I said you're a homo." And I turn over, and I go, "Hey, asshole! I fucking hear you." And he goes, "I didn't say it." And I go, "Bullshit!" And he was such a straight face, and everyone's laughing. I turn around, and he goes, "I'm talking to you, homo." And I turn around, and I go, "Listen, you bald-headed motherfucker!" And I light up, and the guy goes, "It's the guy behind me." And my buddy Hank stands up and goes, "Hey, Bert." I was like, "Motherfucker." Did you do the rest of your set or you just bailed? I was fucking, I was, I was only doing like seven minutes. It was yeah. at the Boston Comedy Club. Dude, it was, uh, real quick, I was in Baltimore. Have you ever done the Baltimore Comedy Factory? Yes. So you know. Yes. Yeah. You go, you go, I go on stage like this. <laughs> like the whole set, I'm like, first of all, you gotta do your greatest hits in there. Oh, yeah. The crowd, I'm like, here is, this shit worked on TV, here's another thing. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, on stage and I was doing okay and um I did a joke that usually does well it got it got a good laugh and then I just hear somebody make the snoring sound like like that and I'm like that just set me off I'm like I, I just turned and I was like who I was like you're fucking snoring and I was like I was drunk and I was just like you don't like it I was like yeah I was like yeah I'm having a good time I was like get the fuck out I was like beat man up raise up get the fuck out of these this guy I never went in on anybody Somebody posted about it the next day, like they uh-huh. they put this guy went in last night. That's yeah. like one of my favorite. So they came, they kicked the, the the couple out, and they're like, "Fuck it, you were funny anyway, fuck it." And then so I just do a few more jokes, and I hear the snoring again, and it was like laughing. They laugh sounded like snoring. And I was like, "Was you were you laughing?" And the guy just started dying. Like he just let me poor couple just sitting there take the brunt for his snore laugh. Well, well, hey man, y'all have fucking fun. Yeah, oh, right. I'll see you, dude. Yeah, I'll DM you my number. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I got it. Okay, good. Three, two, three, something. Yep. Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right, yeah. I'll see y'all later. I'll see y'all. That's gotta be. That's gotta be the best podcast of all time. That's We're one of the fucking. That's we we should get a potty. That's forty five minutes, I think. Yes, that got. All right, hopefully, hopefully you can hear that over the music. That's okay. Come on in. Uh, I'm good right now. I'm slow rolling this. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Al will be back. Matt will be back. We'll do a podcast in the man cave where there's audios per- pristine. Damn right you enjoyed that. Do you want to you want to plug anything? I, check out Al Jackson. His website's oldsnickerdick.com. Fullcharge.com. <laughs> and uh, check out our dates and buy my book. I love you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the show this far. It's Matt and Bert. What's up, guys? How are you? Uh, we are simply just uh, doing a little bit of a break. What happened is we went on stage. Al went to his show, and then he ends up coming back. Right. And now you're meeting Al back at the club. Right. And I'm just gone. I'm with my DJ friends. I'm with my rave scene friends. I'm gone. No, 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 no. Right? Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm out. I'm and, out of this podcast. By the way, we're still drinking vodka in, our, in my hotel room in West right. Palm. 
So, like, the history isn't too good, but you'll be you'll be able to tell what happened. I'm not there for the rest of this episode. No, right now, Max had a... But I still love you. I still love you. I'm not leaving you. I'm going to be back. He's at a bar six <laughs> blocks down. Um, did I mention to buy my book at burtburtburt.com? I don't think they, you did. Tell they about say that. this is the most expensive real estate in a podcast. Right. Uh, go to com and pre-order my book, Life of the Party. Pre-orders are so important. They mean... They define how well a book does. So if you love me with all my heart, the way I love you with all your heart, I am losing my voice. I'm so tired. Just go pre-order please, my book. Please restore Bert's voice and buy the book. Also, while you're in the habit of spending money, <laughs> go to iTunes and fucking get uh, – this is the part of the job I hate, Mad Fulcheron. It's a great album. I fight with the audience. I kill. I bomb. I kill. I bomb. I kill. I bomb. Just like a real show. Go and follow him at the full charge, ladies and gentlemen. Back, I think it's just right now. It's just me and Al Jackson. Too much drink, definitely. Go get it. You want to have someone go get it for you? No, yeah, I'm fine. I don't need now. Someone will come in. Okay, I fucking yeah, I know what you mean. She's been. I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but she's been helping me do shirts all weekend. Mm-hmm. She's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, so how old are you? And she's like, 19. I was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. that is like, we have nothing to talk about. That's it. And you know what? I can tell her that this, this, I definitely shouldn't put this on a podcast, but like, I, t- I whatever, I, someone helps me shirts, I tip them $20 per show. Mm-hmm. So I give her 40 bucks. She's so young that she was like, holy cow. Yeah. And I was like, do you want me to do coke with you? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, uh, yeah, I fucking, you fucking left, and Full, Fultron and I were like still talking about fucking how hard you're making us laugh. You know that? Can I tell you, man, that perspective? I've never heard that perspective of what you were talking about, about like, um, the black perspective. I've yeah. never fucking heard that on stage. I hope to God you're working that on stage. I, I really am. I am working on that, man. I, I just so- want to talk about it because I feel like there's, there's just so many black people that just like, you feel out of place, but you feel like the shit you're doing isn't that crazy. It's just kind of like, I kind of just want to, you know, I want to play beach volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. why can't, like, what is this barrier of, like, so it, it's like, it's this unsaid thing where it's like, you can play it in theory, but you would never do it. And it's like, so I'm, I'm going to think about, like, what is that, infi- that, that thing that just is stopping you? And it's like, it, in the, it, it's a weird thing because. I think about my life and how me, I'm six feet tall, not super athletic, but I played basketball, Like, but like sat the bench in high school. Like I played. Yeah. But I said, and in my head, I still thought that I was going to somehow make it pro. I yeah. really did. I mean, like in high school, I thought this. I didn't play in my high school and it was fucking 75% Jewish. I went to, I went to the, I lived in Beachwood, Ohio, which is the biggest Jewish community outside of like Israel in the world. Like, my high school is probably 81% Jewish people. And Come I in. still sat the bench. <laughs> Come in! Hey, no, no, come on in, come on in, come on in. I just heard in, that's all oh, I Oh, no, 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 so no, no. Hey, is it too late to get a mixed drink? Can I get, I, I want just a vodka on the rocks. Vodka on the rocks? Okay. Can you, you get a kettle one? We don't. We have Goose Belvedere or Tito's. Something Tito's. I'll take Tito's. Tito's. We are the same person. Yeah. That's, that's my order. Exactly. Can I okay. uh, can I do uh, that uh, Vodka on the Rocks with a couple lines, please? Okay. Thanks. Can I double? Can I yeah, yeah. Tall, tall. Yeah, please. What's your name? Nicole. Nicole, thank you so You're much. Um, yeah, I... I uh, <clears throat> it's the thing I, I was thinking about when you left. I was like, the thing it is with white people, motherfucker. 
Hey. What's the oldest guy you've ever dated? 24. 24? God. Yeah. What are you guys oh, yeah, talking I told you the other day. What? I told you the other day. I'm young. You asked me how old I was. I said, no, you said 19. Yeah. Why did you? Do you think guys like me and Al are too old for you? You know, she does. You know what? She won't. She won't think yeah. it until she gets like we'll all hang out with her girlfriends and they be like, "Great to meet you, Bert." And as soon as they get in the car, they're like, "That motherfucker yeah. is old." Yeah. Turn the music down. My Listen. Best friend, my best friend. She dates somebody. He's in his uh, late forties. So. Hey, that's old. That's fucking she's really a, old. She's a year or two older than me, and everybody's really cool. What's your ethnic background? I'm so, me. Yeah. Um. Um, I'm half Filipino, half Japanese, and I'm, I'm sorry, part Japanese, part Filipino, and my dad's Russian. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I didn't grow up with my family, though, so unfortunately I don't speak any of Adopted? No, uh, just shitty life. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> how's, how's life going for you now? A lot better. Can you shut the door? A lot better. <laughs> A lot better. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I've been working since I was, like, 11, and... What do you think the turning point was? Uh, maybe watching my mother um, as a drug addict. Uh-huh. For like nine Your mom's years. a drug addict. Yeah. You know we're podcasting this, right? Are you really? Yeah. That's awkward. Uh, no. Uh, what You're kind anonymous. Of, what kind of? Yeah, no one knows who you are. Um, what kind of drugs? Um, like Xanax. Um, I I, yeah, I was gonna say they're probably pills. Yeah. Pills. She's like smoking pills for a long time, and then I. Had, you can smoke them. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it all. Yeah. Was she just, free, was she crushing them up and freebasing them? No, she was um, taking like tinfoil and the pill just putting it on it, holding the tinfoil like flat. She cut them into like little squares. And she'd get like, uh, like pens. She'd take the tops off and the whole thing out so it was hollow. And she'd put it in her mouth, hold the tinfoil, put the pill on, and have a lighter underneath. And funny thing was when I was younger, she used to like draw me pictures on it. Like, because it becomes. It's, it's really fucked up. Um, there's, like, black ash uh-huh. on the actual tinfoil. Yeah, so. I've seen documentaries where, like, they do it. Whoa, like, yeah. my God. When you said fucked up childhood, I was, I was like, oh, how bad could this be? And funny thing is, today, I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen my, uh, the guy that she was married to recently, about five months ago. She got really bad. I was paying for her house. I was paying electric. I was paying, uh, I was paying for rent. I was paying electric. I was paying gas and water. For her house. Holy shit. So, and then she... Is there waters in there? Yes, two. Okay, perfect. And then she robbed me. What? And oh, also, I was paying food for her, her husband, and their three dogs for this one house. Not a nice house, clearly something a lot more cheap, but I was paying for that the whole time, and then she stole money from me. I was actually working here, and... I worked so hard. I was going to school like early in the day. I worked really late, and I was doing this every single day, every single day, working um, all weekend. And she took all that money. And I, I went to go. I, I went somewhere. I think I went to like Walmart to buy something. And they were like, "Your card's declined." I'm like, what do you mean my card is declined? I was like, "There should be at least." And I wasn't making much. I was like, "There should be at least five hundred dollars in that account." And they're like, "No, wiped clean." So I went to the house, I freaked out. She kicked me out. Really? And since I was still younger, she 
threatens, because I guess she thought that I was going to call the cops on her or something because she kicked me out. She threatens to call the cops on me and call me in as a runaway. I'm like, you were the one that kicked me out the whole time. Right. So, oh, shit. And what I was getting to was um, the husband that she was living with at the time, they, um, he showed up here tonight. Are you serious? Yeah, he was here tonight. Was he a fan of mine or just to see you? No, he, he was just in City Place and he walked by and he saw me walking by and he, he stopped and waved. He was telling me how, um, how all the dogs died and how he had been in rehab for five months and how he's cleaned out. Last time I saw him, he was taller than Really? His face looked like he wasn't eating anymore. <clears throat> like, wasn't eating anymore. Like, in three weeks. Am I good? It's a weird thing, but drug addicts teach you a lot about life. They do. I think they teach you that sometimes you gotta let people go, and you gotta not take shit personally. The person that was stealing from you and calling you a runaway and doing all that shit, like that person is not. That shit was like. That's like Walking Dead. Like that's a different person than who your mom really is. So you just gotta you gotta let that shit go. I gotta do that with family members and friends. Like sometimes you're like, oh, this dude's just a drug addict. I like him, but he's not here with us right now. Unless it seems like your mom just hadn't been here in a while, and you need to prepare yourself for. And she she actually got sent to um, she got sent to New York and paid for a plane for her to go with my uncle, who I was living with at a time um, at some time, and. She's living with him now, and she lives with my grandmother, and I haven't spoken to her in, like, two months, so I don't know what's what. She doesn't have a phone. I don't know if she has a job. I don't know anything. Really? Yeah. When I would talk to her, whenever I'd go see her, she last time I actually saw her was the day before she left, and two days before that, she called me, and she was like, hey, um, she's like, can, can I borrow $10? We're just really hungry, and she was telling me how she was trying to walk to the gas station earlier, um the day before and she passed out on the sidewalk and the cops had to bring her back to the house. Holy shit, you're only 19? Yes. I haven't seen any fucking hardships like that at (laughs) all in my life. My hardships are fucking pretty soft. I work two jobs. That's my motivation right there. Really? Well, don't get pregnant. No. (laughs) Yeah. I was was happy. I was like, made it to 18, no babies. Yeah. I make it 21, no babies. So. Are you in love? I am. My boyfriend's actually sitting here. Who? Um, see Sean. Which one? <laughs> um, blonde hair. The good looking one. Blonde hair. The sexy one. Was his last name Casey? Oh! No. I met that guy. He was a super nice dude. He, uh, I was, I had this, like, second comment card, and I was like, well, I don't know, you know, he'd give it to you. He's like, do you need me to take those? I'm like, yeah. He's, he's a blonde guy, good looking dude. Yeah. I'm guessing it was No, nice. don't, don't get it pregnant. I don't think he's, he's pretty irresistible, but I'll, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. No babies. No babies. Well, thank you for your help this weekend. You were really great. No, I try to do it again. I do everything to my fullest and with love and happiness. I appreciate you helping me out with, with the party. No too. problem. Was very nice. thank I was you so hoping. Much. I was hoping everything went well. I got sad and laughed. So there we go. Nice. Well. I actually have to go finish stuff up in the box office. Okay. It was very, very nice to meet you. It was really nice to meet you. Very nice meeting you. <laughs> hey, Amanda, good luck to you. Very nice Al, meeting you. Great meeting you. Too. Amanda, thank you. See you later. <laughs> I'll see you, Amanda. Bye, guys. Good. I think that's all a lie. Why are you just walking in on, man? It's yeah. just... Man. She's still hot as fuck. Uh, yeah. There, there's a... There's a... Uh, <laughs> Room 
key denial. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is my room key. I, I left it on the ground so she picked it up. Oh, what's that on the ground? Is that what it was? Oops. <laughs> I, just, I have this theory that, like, all of life is just the vagina that you came out of. You can just be... If you come out of a vagina in North Korea, you're just done. Yeah. Yep. There's no coming back from that. Yeah. You're never going to be a juggler or a businesswoman. You're fucking done. And sometimes you come out in Orange County and your mom had enough money to get a private hospital room and, you know, your parents are both rich and they went to birth and school and you're fine. And it's a lot of it is, like, like that's so funny. We had a private fucking room. Good. But... but but we only had to pay like eight hundred bucks for it. Uh-huh. But it was like, but it, yeah, yeah, it was. Eight, George's birth was eight hundred bucks. But, <clears throat> but, but you, uh, thank you. The, um, the, it's so interesting. It's just that I cared a lot. I cared, like I gave a fuck. I was like, I don't want this to. I want to start off a life really right, you know. Mm-hmm. And you just do we the. We got the private room too, by the way. Yeah. You, when, you, when, when do you have a, when do you have a baby? Oh yeah, my my. But yeah, you're fine. Uh, I, yeah, I have. Uh, yeah. My son was actually born. This is weird. My son was born the day of my last comic standing audition. Like when they had it in New York. So my son is six. Like just turned six. Yeah. And my wife is pregnant, and I have another daughter. So really, yeah, from a previous relationship. So nice. that's three, and I'm like, that's enough. My wife is Catholic. Like she's like, keep going. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Wait. I, so you went to you went to an all black college, and you went to Brown. Went to Brown. What was that like? It was. It was, especially from where I was coming from, like, the school that we came from was, like, a small black school, so, like, we just didn't have things, but I didn't know, I didn't know how other colleges were, mm-hmm. like, I had no, like, um, at my school, and, it, I mean, this is, this is the mid-90s, I'm, I, I hope it's changed, but there was no, like, place to, like, get, like, a late-night burger or grab a snack, like, there was breakfast, lunch, and dinner from a certain amount of time for, like, two hours each, and then that was it for food. There was no fucking food. And, like, when you went for lunch in the cafeteria, like, they just had a... You, you had a tray. You put it... You gave it to, like, some ex-con. They would put, like, an ice cream scoop of mashed potatoes, ice cream scoop of green beans, uh, fried pork chop, whether you ate pork or not, and fucking moved it down. You would go get your tray at the end and eat. That was your dinner. Yeah. You know? And then... So, like, when we went to Brown, I remember... I was sitting with my, with my roommate, Adisa, and we were sitting... At an Ivy School campus, and I remember my my my, my roommate Adisa turned to me and he goes, "We can go up for seconds if we want." Like it was just such a foreign concept. We were like, "We can go back up and get another cheeseburger." Shut like up. we couldn't believe that they had like an ice cream machine in their lunch. And I'm sure everybody fucking does, but like yeah. just the concept of like being able to eat as much food as you want and like having a campus store where you can go get a granola bar three in the that was like. There was no... Uh, I can't stress that there was no amenities. And, then, yeah. you know, this is Mississippi, so, like, there's nothing in walking distance. So if you're not fucking... If you don't have a car, which no, none of us did, you're fucking... Yeah. And where, where are you going to go? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because it's like I look at it like... Uh, like, when I went to Florida State, I remember... <clears throat> I remember, I remember the black dudes ran the cafeteria, like fucking ran it. It was all, it was all summer school. It was the only time I ever used the cafeteria, but it was all you had like a meal card, mm-hmm. and it was all fucking. Uh, it was all like uh, football players. It was all football players. And there was it was you know what I said, you know what's crazy, and I don't think anyone ever believes this, and I hope to God I'm saying it right, so I'm not making up something. They had black floors and they had white floors. They did not inter- inter- intermix the floors. Yeah. Like there was 
there was floors one, two, and three were white girl floors. Floor four was the black girl's floor. Four, five was a black guy's floor. And then six, seven, eight were all the guys' floors. And then I, I think ten and eleven were girl floors. But it was fucking fascinating. And we and there was a black English class and a white English class. Really? And my buddy Miles Mosley got put in the black English class because his name was Miles Mosley. Wow. And they thought they figured he was black. Wow. I know. And then and it was right after. Uh, I want to say like after Rodney King, uh-huh. and uh, and fucking they, um, they they brought in the black English class and the white English class to talk about race relations, and it was amazing what complete different worlds we lived in. Like I remember all the white people were like were like someone said something about slavery, and I remember one white girl goes, "Oh my God, what are you guys gonna get over it?" And this fucking chick lost her mind. Get over it, motherfucker! And just screaming. And we were like, holy shit. <laughs> You're a lot more upset about this than we are. Like, we don't have that kind of We fire. didn't even know you guys still cared. <laughs> oh, that's so real, though. Oh, it was so fucking real. Yeah. And it was like, I'll never fucking forget that. And then there was this guy who's a who's a tailback. No, uh, I want to say he was a defensive, defensive back for Florida State. He's dead now. No, he was great. He, yeah, he was. Uh, he was a. He got. He became a drug addict like halfway Man. through college. Yeah. And I, but he was said he was going to kill me if he ever saw me on campus. Really? No thing. He was like, I see the way you. I see the way you looking. You looking like you don't give a fuck. Well, if I see you, I'll make you give a fuck. This is in, camp, in a class in a classroom. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, and you had no interaction with this man up until. Nope. None. None. <laughs> there. And I. And I remember. I remember going like. Uh, I was like, holy shit. And I saw him on like on campus two days later. And I was like, motherfucker, this is how this happens. But he just didn't say anything. He just walked by me and ignored me. And I was like, yeah. And then three years later, um, three years later, maybe four years later, right before I went to Russia, uh, I was pulled up at a liquor store, ABC Liquor, and he was outside asking for change. And I went, get the fuck. And I was like, whoa. And I didn't think, I didn't find any victory in that. I just yeah. was like, motherfucker. Like, I couldn't imagine... Ever being like that, like ever needing uh, to ask for change. Watching, you know? watching your fucking, watching somebody's life go down the tubes quickly is like it's a real fucking thing. I've seen that with friends of mine. Where like you just come back after a couple of years and you're just like, you look terrible. Yeah, you look fucking terrible. Yeah, it's uh now obviously like being a drug addict is that'll accelerate shit, but it's just like like that chick talking about her mom being a drug. I've seen so many of my friends that just like. Their dad is a drunk, and I see like it just took like five years, and either that motherfucker's out the house or he's <clears> dead. Yeah, like people, I, I don't know, like I just think like you want that. Is it Matt? Full charge wants to go to a Check. chill, chill spot down the road. Oh, he's like, true. you guys want to go to a chill spot? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> chill spot? Are you trying to fuck us? <laughs> we just have this conversation in a lounge. I'm gonna text him, find out. Dude, I'm fucking literally putting on the like I put on the odor before I fly, and I was weird. Uh, I, I take a full shower do you before really? I fly. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna have access to a shower to run deodorant it up. But my dude, I've seen I've seen friends of mine just go down the wrong path, and like you just see, you're like, oh, that guy's that guy's doing a lot of drugs. Like yeah. he's he's waking up after he's passed out. He'll set it. I knew guys that, uh, and that's really if you let, if, like, let's get right into fucking Brown. Like I went to Brown right when. Um, it was like this weird thing, but I, I like the, the, that's when I started partying. 
Yeah. Because black people, and it's funny because I just read this article about black fraternities, which I pledged. What? Um, I, I, I pledged, I pledged the one that 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 deals with dogs. Uh, Mega Fisa. You said it. I did. So, uh, <laughs> why? You why? Know, just because it's like this weird thing, like you're not supposed to talk about that. And I don't know how long it, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on that. But I just read an article in the Atlantic about black fraternities and how you know, like they killed that kid at FAMU, yeah, like, two years ago, and that banned fraternity. And I just think the difference in white and black, like it's just like I feel like I'm like such a corny comedy. It's different, but like I feel like white fraternities are like fun drinking. You're gonna do a cake thing and beer funnel shit. Like, black fraternities are about I, just fear and beatings, like, yeah. beatings. Like, the guy that was in front of me uh, the, the year before we pledged, he, he, uh, he, they shattered his arm with a 2x4. Um, what the fuck? You just, you would just, because black fraternities, like, you just get yelled at. Like, you have to learn certain things and you get, they'll just be like, they would give you something like, we want you to memorize that improv uh, that improv menu when we see you on Thursday, and then so they'd be like, "All right, do you know it?" Because like if we're online together, they're like, uh, "All right, so do it." Let's say I knocked out the park, and they're like, "All right, it's on your boy Bert." Bert, you do it. You fuck up the last line, and they're like, "Oh shit, your boy ain't taking this shit seriously. We ain't gonna hit him though. We about to get you." And they fucking you bend over like. Uh, like a like an NFL center. Yeah. Grab your nuts, lift your nutsack up. Yeah. And and you hold you like you grab and you lift your nutsack up, and as you bend over in your three point stance, this a a twenty year old dude would wind up and hit you in the ass with a two by four. But sometimes, God these damn it. Guys, I mean these guys are fucking hammered, so they miss us. How that guy got his arm broken? He was holding his nuts, and the guy fucking missed and just hit his arm with a two by four, shattered that shit. You know, and I don't know, I don't even want to talk out of school, but the guys got really hurt. And I, black fraternities are a lifetime thing. Yeah. Oh, you know? they brand them. Yeah, they literally, <clears throat> I saw this guy on a flight when I was coming here to Florida. Black dude, he was probably 62, had his cap out facade, red and white jacket on, red pants, white tennis shoes, red hat. I'm like, man, you still care. Yep. It's been fucking 50 years, son. Let it go, play. <coughs> but, you know, so... I don't know. You know, I don't know how I feel about the black fraternity thing. It's... I just... I saw that shit up close and personal. And I saw... It took students that, like, really should have been studying and distracted them. And the motherfuckers may have graduated, but they flunked out. You know? Because yep. you're spending so much of your time, you know, uh, you know, doing this. And it's just... White fraternities. White fraternities were all about... <clears throat> They were about hazing. Like, for the freshman year, we weren't allowed to hit. Although I got punched one time. Were you pissed? Uh, yeah. Were you, like, was, in the face? Yeah, I got punched. But I got punched. I, it was... <coughs> I wrote about it in my book. It was, uh... Fucking... The, our hazing was more like a mind fuck. It was like... It was like they'd convince you they liked you or you were friends with them and they get you to do something fucking stupid and then call you out on it. Like, the big, big one... The one that I actually thought was actually pretty genius. I'll never forget when it happened to me. They had us in a lineup where we're all standing in a line. We got our paddles and our books behind our backs. We're all staring at a light, and people come by and yell at you. And they're like, give me the creed. Tell me the founding fathers. What You know, whatever they tell you. And then uh, and then they're like, uh, i never forget <clears throat> this guy that was cool as fuck. 
uh, Scott Bowden Weber comes up and he's like, hey man, do me a favor, go into the kitchen and get me a glass of water. And I was like, I, I, I can't. And he goes, I'm a, I'm a brother. You didn't do whatever the fuck I say. I go, yeah, but I don't think I'm allowed to leave the line. He goes, I don't give a fuck what you think. I don't want to go fucking leave here and get a drink of water. Go and get me a fucking drink of water. So I go into the kitchen. I leave the line. I go into the kitchen. As soon as I get in the kitchen, I'm pouring the drink of water. I hear this guy stand up and goes, holy shit. Can you believe the balls on this fucking guy? He goes, I bet he's going to come out with a glass of water. And I'm standing at the door going, I am fucked. And I walked out with a glass of water and people lost their fucking shit. How fucking dare you leave the line up to fucking get a glass of water? And I just took it. And this guy Bowden Weber came by me and he was just giggling. He was like, gotcha. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah it just, I, I, now, do you keep up with any of your fraternity people? I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, not a lot of them, but like four or five. Like, I'll, I'll see some of them when I go to Denver and uh, some guys in Tampa. Maybe like ten, maybe like ten guys. I, 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 keep, I keep up with a lot of guys. I don't see them I only see them when I go do shows I don't see them like a ton yeah. you know and the fraternity experience was fun for me but like I wasn't it was not, I was not like the fuck the frat boy mm-hmm. like I was more about partying with everyone like so I, had, I had friends that were in a bunch of other fraternities too okay but yeah I, did they have fraternities at Brown? they I, I think so but I didn't even I didn't even go there I, I uh, like when I went when I went to Brown that was like the first time I saw and this this is how I even got off on the, that, the fraternity tangent it's like that was the first time I saw a black people party game. You know what I'm saying? And it sounds like, oh, what does that mean? Like, black parties at black schools, there's not a ton of, like, first of all, there's nobody who's like, oh, her dad is rich, so she just got five handles of Parrot Bay and just kind of catered this dorm party. Like, people's, it's, everything's BYOB, especially at a broke black college. So, like, if somebody had some crown, you would have to be like, hey, what's up, I'm I'm Bert's homeboy, and they'd be like, all right, just go in my room, and in the closet, there's a brown paper bag, pour some crown in it, and then put my jacket over it, and then come back out. Like, yeah, it wouldn't be like, and then I got the brown, and I just saw black people, white people, Hispanic people, you know, everybody from my different islands, and people were just like, that was like the first time I saw like black dudes just being like, uh, they would be like, all right, we're going to finish this handle at uh, a Johnny Walker before we go to this bar. And, like, I was, like, I was, and I saw, like, I mean, those guys back in those days, they were doing, like, uh, like, horse tranquilizers and shit like that. They were oh, really shit. gravity blows yeah. and shit. And, like, really, I had never seen dudes party like that, and I liked it, man. It's just, it was so much, it wasn't this weird, because I never, like, I, I've always gravitated because I love hip-hop I'm always like in in, 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 a, in a black world but yeah. I feel like I don't always love the partying because the partying sometimes is like it's not that free like that was the first time I had ever seen like girls like really having a good time drinking and like just getting drunk and like I would watch like three girls in the corner like take three 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 gravity bones and just be like they would literally be holding hands, just jumping up and down, like, laughing. Yeah. And I was like, I like being in a drunken, fun, weird world. Like, and sometimes, like, when you're at a hip-hop club, you know, man, it's like, you're having a good time, and the music is dope, but you like, that dude is definitely staring at me. He's yeah. definitely fucking staring at me. And then you go to another part of the bar, and you're like, this motherfucker's definitely fucking... That's so interesting. You know, and Why? it's like, you can never just 
full on just relaxing. Like for the first time, I was going to parties and I was just letting go. I was just like, I'm so drunk, I can't feel my legs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no one's asked me for a dime. No one's gonna be like, hey man, you need to put seven dollars in on this. Like so just a blunt would be there, somebody pass out. It's just like I'm kinda I like I like that that world. I like that freedom of just like I'm like, this is how I really act. This is how yeah. I want to be around y'all. I don't want to be like, fucking, fuck, you, you talking to Bird, you talking to... I don't want, I don't want to fight a, du- a dude on a Saturday night. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So. Uh. Yes! What's up, baby? Well, we're sitting, we're just doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, did you, am I, do I need to fill out anything? No, I'm ready when you are. Okay. Um, Take your time. Are you going to go out or are you going home? I don't know. Okay. I brought Casey on stage tonight and asked anyone if they wanted to be his friend. Because <laughs> he's new here in yeah. I brought him on stage. I go, guys, uh, Casey's new here. He's from New Hampshire. He doesn't know anyone. He doesn't have any friends. And he'd like to make friends with someone. So if anyone would like to be his friend, give him your card. He wants to go out on a boat sometime soon. <laughs> so some people came up and gave him his card. And he's like, hey, man, I got some similar interests. What's up, man? Yeah, it was, uh, you got Suspect for people to give you their card a little yeah, bit. A little it's bit, you gotta fucking. It's a little, it's a little strange. You're gonna look at that. Because uh, you gotta call him like, you gave me your card three days ago. You want to go see a movie? And that's a racquetball. You, that, yeah. that you probably don't have any friends. Who wants to be friends with a guy without many friends? Yeah. <laughs> that's how they issue you to their other friends. He didn't know anybody. That's why he's at the party. That's Anytime they bring me anywhere, yeah, they have to explain. Oh, yeah. I gave my card. That, that call me. That might be the next big thing in like. Like, you know, like beyond internet dating, it's just like for people that move, like here's just like introduce yourself to just 40 people. You're like, I'm straight. I'm not going to try and fuck your wife. I just want to go to a couple wine and cheeses. 46 and my back hurts. They're like, all right, fuck it. I'm looking for someone. Yeah. I, I, uh, I got on uh, Craigslist a long time ago. And uh, the first, and I didn't know how Craigslist worked. And I clicked the first page I clicked on. The first thing that came on was. Looking for someone to play uh, ping pong with. <laughs> and I just thought, I thought, oh, motherfucker, yeah. what a lonely life, just looking for someone to play ping pong with. That's when it, that's when it just like, when you get that moment where you're like, as soon as you push send on that, you're like, the fact that ping pong wasn't code for anything. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was just ping pong. What if it is code for something and you walk, you just want to play some ping pong? And you show up with a paddle so, and it's yeah. like, oh, ho. Yeah. There better be coke in that paddle. Oh. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired. I am fucking just beat. I can't wait. I'm going to sleep tomorrow, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk to the beach from the hotel. How close is the beach? Three miles. Okay, it's not bad. It's not that bad. It'll be a good walk. Mm-hmm. Go to the beach, fucking do some meditation, yeah. and fucking relax, and then fucking right. walk, and then probably take a car back or walk back. Yeah. But Three miles isn't bad. Three miles isn't bad. Six yeah. miles total is fucking, that's doable. Um, I just don't want to walk across one of those thin ass bridges. You have a show tomorrow night? No, just hanging out. Just hanging out. I fucking. I dude, I'm going home to see my family. My wife's still in LA, so I'm like, I get to go to Cleveland tomorrow and just like. Oh, is that where you going tomorrow? Yeah, I'm just gonna go see my family. You know, I've already been like, if I miss my flight, it's yeah, the word. You know, like yeah. you already got like th- this night. We're we're being cool. If we were a little bit drunk, I'd be worried. But like some nights, I've just I've been on. I'm like. This has missed your flight written all over it. Because I've done I've that never, before. I've never missed a flight. What? Never missed That's a flight. Surprising. Get the fuck out of here. You're, never you're an adult. Flight. 
You're a fucking adult. When you explain that you, you get up, you tough it out, I made my bed, I lie in it, there's fucking warnings when I get out that I don't care. There's some times where, like, responsibility I just lose out. track of shit, where I'll be like, let's say you, like, if I was hammered, you got up to go get paid, and I was like, let me check my phone, and I'll just go to sleep, and I was like, I'd be like, 7.15 is my place. You know, you just wake up and no one's in the improv and the door's locked, you're like, this isn't good. Yeah, I've done that where you just wake up, like, I missed my flight. I've never missed my flight because I start putting this thing in my head that if I miss it, that's the plane that the next flight I'm on is going to go down. So I fucking like I'm neurotic about that shit. Yeah, I uh, I have trying to think now. No, I've never missed my flight. That's crazy. Yeah, my sister's missed a lot of fucking flights. Yeah, I think it's a personality trait. I think it's one of those people that go, they look at the system and go. Like, ah, uh, it'll figure itself out. It's a way, like, not being a micromanager, kind of. Like, you're like, ah, just get another flight. Like, um, I have wanted to miss flights, like, but the problem is, if I miss a flight, it's like, I feel like everyone's out of work. That's why I, that's why I feel like I'm stressed. Like, like, when they were going to fly me into Orlando, I was like, great, I can't do press tomorrow, then I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Like, I'm fucking the club, I'm fucking me, I'm fucking, I'm fucking everybody. I always feel like I have that looming in my head, so I think that's yeah. why I'm pretty responsible about it. Are you going to go out drinking tonight or are you going home with fam? Maybe. Maybe. Why wouldn't you? I mean, maybe. Look at you, man. You're a young, healthy man. Fucking have some drinks. That's not a good idea. Well, it's great. I didn't realize they, they stayed up until four around here. Yeah. So I went out and I came down to visit with the old manager and I fucking hit hard. And, you know. Who's the old manager? Too. It was Julie. Julie, I remember her. She's cute girl. girl. Really yeah, what happened to her? <clears throat> I don't know. Not really much, I hit it hard, though, at fucking 2 o'clock. I'm like, all right, see you later. She's like, oh, no, we're still going. I'm like, what? Fuck, I blew Martini's up until 4. I'm like, we closed down. We closed down Blue Martini last night, and it's so funny. We're there, and it's like, and we're and they're they're um they're standing and watching us and we're like okay we're going we're going they're like no 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 you're fine and we're like no no I, I mean there's no one there and they're just standing there at the bar waiting for us and I was like okay so we go we kill all our drinks we go up and we're like all right thank you and they're like hey can we get a picture and I was like oh motherfucker if I had known you guys were fans yeah. I would have never killed my drink I would have asked to stay here yeah. later. Lock the door <laughs> motherfucker. And then there was two South African girls that were that were. They were just being fucking, like, real flirty, but, like, real flirty, like, aggressive, and Matt and I are both in relationships, and um, we were, but, but we were, it was the catch and release part of it. Yeah. It was just the, what, it was that feeling of, like, what it feels like to, to have someone go back and forth with you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and then finally I was like, okay, this is gotten way too playful yeah i'm fucking out yeah <laughs> and then little little matt's like dude i don't know how you do it and i was like because they wouldn't have fucked me anyway yeah and if i had i would have been horrible yeah we're good thank you can i do uh, can uh, can i just do like can i just get tapped off a little bit yeah, thank fine. you so i need can i get a cup of ice ice okay yeah. you, have a, you want like another shot yeah just another shot would be okay. great thank you um, <laughs> oh my god Fucking someone make me be semi-responsible tonight. Um, I just feel like we, I got, just we gotta this, do it up one time. I just, I love this part of the night. Yeah. It's like when all the fucking stress is done with work yeah. and you're done. And I know all I gotta do, fucking wake up tomorrow, go to the beach, have a fucking really nice dinner at Ruth Chris by myself, write, like sit and write, you know? 
that's the shit. When it's just you, yeah. just a man with a meal. <clears throat> the steak is like, that's obviously just icing. But just like sometimes I will do that where I'm just like, oh shit, I just have tomorrow. And I mean, I fucking love being married. I love having kids. But just those days where you're just like, no one is here. Yeah. I was in Columbus. I was in Columbus one time. This was really great. This is a great fucking night. In Columbus, I, I call my dad, and he goes, my dad is, I don't know what birthday this was, but it was back when I had a credit card for my dad. I had a one credit card that was his platinum card so I could get into the Crown Room and the and the Admiral's Club. Yeah. And so, because I didn't have a fucking platinum card, and Russell Peters called me on it. Russell Peters is a fucking really smart dude. Yeah. I said, oh, man, I never, I was so fucking embarrassed. So embarrassed. So we're in Hawaii, and we're all fucking, and the meal, the check comes, and Russell goes, uh, I got it, guys. Me and Tom Segura and our wives. And I was like, no, 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 I got it. And he's like, he's like, nah. And he, I think he pulled out, like, the black card. Yeah. And he goes, it's the black card. And he throws it down. And I, I fucking pulled out my dad's platinum card, and I go, it's platinum. I think I got it. And he looks at it. He just looks at me. He goes, it's not yours. And I went, yes it is. And he goes, member since 1982. And I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And I pulled it back. I was like, uh, uh, uh. Oh, I was so embarrassed. That is I was that. so embarrassed. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I didn't know you could do math. I was like, you uh, fucking quick motherfucker. I was a uh, a soccer player savant in 82. Yeah. Uh, I got signed oh. by Arsenal early. Yeah. Uh, we had fucking, um, but what was I saying right before that? I was saying, oh, so my dad, I call my dad, my dad calls. It's my birthday. I love more than anything being alone on my birthday. I love it. And my, my 26th birthday, it's a long story I will save from you, but um, I, I, I was. This is the time to say. No, it's, I think I've probably told it a million times on this podcast, but but uh, I thought my dad was going to call me to wish me happy birthday. I had, wasn't doing stand up, I was just living in New York and I was partying my balls off. And I picked up the phone. And he, I go, I was sleeping on my couch at the time in my loft for fucking 700 square feet, $1,600. Pick up the phone. I'm like, my dad's going to say happy birthday to me. I've hung over his shit. I go, hey. And he goes, you are a piece of shit. <laughs> Is that I'm what he like, said to you? <laughs> he goes, you, I am fucking embarrassed to be your father. And I went, I go, I, th- I remember I go, I thought you were going to say happy birthday to me. <laughs> and he was like... <laughs> He was like, nah, nah. And he gave me this whole fucking speech about commitment, humility, dedication, if I wanted to be stand-up, how I needed to go about it. And I, I was like, I didn't know if I should be, like, I was getting, being victim-y. And, and I told him, and he said, what you should do is you should fucking, you should go out, take yourself to dinner tonight, and fucking, you fucking put down your goals, and you should go to the comedy club, and you should do this. And I was, I told him, I said, you weren't doing stand-up yet. Oh, no, I was, I'd done it once. Okay. And, and so I said, maybe twice, and I'd said... I said, but I was going to have a party. And he goes, you're going to have a fucking party? He goes, you don't deserve a party. You don't deserve a birthday party. You're 26 years old, and you're doing nothing with your life. You don't deserve a party. And I was like, holy shit. So I took myself to dinner by myself, and it was I have social anxiety disorder, so I'm a little bit like freaked out. But I'm, So I'm sitting there by myself, and I'm embarrassed, and I kind of stopped, slowed down, and breathed, and I wrote out all my goals for the year. So I did that every fucking birthday. Until I met Leanne, so like fucking, I, like third until like I did it for three more birthdays, and then when I met Leanne, I told her this is how I do my birthday. I do it alone. So I she I go out by myself, and we go out like the night before my birthday. Then once I have fucking kids, there's no way to explain to them. Dad doesn't want to be with you for his birthday. He wants to be by himself. 
So a lot of times I'll book work on my birthday, on my actual birthday, and I'll be gone. So like one year I was in Australia. It was the fucking greatest. Took myself to dinner by myself in Australia. Fucking sat down, bottle of wine, fucking planned out my goals, wrote down all my fucking goals, fucking sat and thought about my life and what I wanted to do this next year. But that birthday I was in Columbus. And my dad called me up and he goes, buddy, I am so proud of you. I just done like the second season of Birth to Conquer, I think. And he was like, and I didn't have a show. I didn't have a show. And he was like, I'm so proud of you. He goes, I'll tell you what, I want you to take my platinum card, take yourself to uh, Smith and Walensky's, and go get yourself a nice dinner. And I fucking, dude, I, I, it was raining. It was the greatest fucking night. Like, you just buy yourself, and I went out and I got a b- nice bottle of wine, like nice, medium price, but not the cheapest, but like the step up. I got a fucking surfing turf, fucking ripped it, and I had the best night. Walked home in the rain, and I was like, this is what I'm fucking talking about. I love those nights. Uh, Tomorrow night's going to be a fucking blast for me. That's beautiful, man. And then, yeah, then I'm in New York Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, fly home Wednesday night. Where were you in that point in your life that he had that conversation with you at 26? Um, I was partying every single night. Yeah. I was working at Barnes & Noble. I just got fired from Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was just I, I wasn't doing anything I wasn't doing a fucking thing I'll never forget He goes I, It's my fault It's my fault I ruined you I gave you no humility In your life I never raised you With humility I never made you work I never made you suffer I never made you want For anything And it's my fault So he's like Be a party boy He was like Be a party boy I'll foot the bill Don't worry about it I was like Dad I, I want to I want to do something what, what, what were you thinking During that Were you thinking I was thinking two things Were you thinking He's right Or were you thinking This is fucked up I was thinking How do I get out of it I was like, how do I how do I win this conversation so that he feels bad for saying these things and I can prolong this fucking partying? And because I because I, I didn't know how to do stand up, getting a stand up. And his his idea of me getting into stand up was, you go to the club, <clears throat> tell them you'll do anything to get on stage. You'll do anything. You'll mop up. I go, Dad, no one does that. And he goes, Fuck that. That's that's in your head. That's in your head. That's what other people told you. No one's done it because no one does it because no one's done it. He goes, you go to the club. You say you'll work the door. You'll mop up. You'll put up chairs at the end of the night. You'll uh, you'll flip burgers. I go, they don't have burgers. He goes, tell them you'll do anything. I go, Dad, I know what they're going to tell me. They're going to tell me to go fucking, go fuck myself. And he goes, let them. Allow them to tell you that. So I went to the club. Went up to Louis Schaefer. At the time, was running the Boston Comedy Club, Barry Cassis Club. And I walked up and I said, my, he knew me. I said, my, I said, my dad's exact speech. My name's Bert. I want I want to be a stand-up comedian. I'll do absolutely anything to be a stand-up comedian. I will flip burgers. I will bring in people. I will do anything. Two minutes. And so I go, I'll do anything. I'll fucking mop up. I'll I'll, I'll fold ch- flip chairs up at the end of the night. And he goes, Louis Schaefer goes, go fuck yourself. Why don't you go back to Tampa, learn how to do stand-up, and then come back. I said, okay. So I went home, called my dad the next day. Almost victorious. My dad goes, perfect. Great. Now, what you do tonight, go right back. Go up to the exact same guy. Say the exact same fucking thing to him And tell him you will do that every single night Until he gives you an opportunity That's what a humble man does That's what a hungry man does He goes and says I'll fucking do anything I want this So I went Dad he's gonna laugh He goes let him laugh at you Let him laugh at you You do this so much That you become numb to it And at one point He will break And he will tell you How to get an opportunity Just to get you out of his hair And you tell him Yo I'm gonna be in your hair Until you give me an opportunity So I did it the next night I went up Did the same speech he was like, are you fucking serious? I go, Lewis, I'm going to do this every single night. I go, my dad's told me this is how I have to do this. And I, I don't have any options. And I'm, I feel like a fucking loser. And Lewis is like, fine. If you can work the front door tonight, I'll give you $25. And if you bring in enough people, I'll let you go on after Godfrey. And I was like, seriously? He was like, yeah. 
And so I went out. I started barking. That night, Patrice O'Neill, uh, Jim Norton, Bobby Kelly, uh, I'm going to say Ben Bailey. Those, I'm guessing that's who it was. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they were all out front, and, a be- and I was barking, and I was so proud of this job, and a beautiful girl walked by. And I said, hey, want to go see a comedy show? And she's like, no. And they all laughed at me. And then I said, how about, then how about this? How about me and you just call it a night, we go out and get a nice glass of wine, and I'll take you back to my house. And she's, they all laughed again, and she laughed. She walked past me, and they were making fun of me, and she walked back, and she goes, you know what? I'm going to take you up on that wine. And I went, I can't. She goes, what? I go, I just got this job. Yeah. I go, I want this so bad. And she was like, and she was gorgeous. She was like, wait, you're not going to go home with me and go get a glass of wine. You're going to stay and work? I said, I have to. My dad, I just got this job today. And Bobby Kelly was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Fucking go home with her. Fuck her. And I was like, and I remember saying. I can hear him saying that. This job is too important to me to, to lose it. And that night, and then Louis Shaver came outside. Karen Bergering was crying. And Louis Shaver goes, four Puerto Rican guys are in the front. You sat him in front? I go, yeah. And he's like, they're ruining the show. You're up. You want to be a comic? You're up. And I went up, and I destroyed these motherfuckers. I got on stage. My first joke was something. And when the guy talked, I go, listen, in my show, when I, when the, in my show, when it calls for and the dumb Puerto Rican speaks, I'll point to you. <laughs> and the place went fucking nuts. <laughs> And what did that shut that shit down? Well, that shut one guy down. And then the other guy said something. I, I, the joke, I don't remember the wording, but it was really quick. I go, hey, shouldn't you be on your bike delivering empanadas? And the fucking place goes nuts. Yeah. And I go, you better tell your friends to watch themselves. I just did old fraternity shit yeah. of how you'd shut them down. And then uh, and then I, I, another joke was like one guy had big arms. I go, yeah, I've seen you walk up with those tiny little legs. You should put the needle in your ass. Yeah. And, he was, and, and the fucking place destroyed. They got up. Fuck you and walked out and I was like, yeah, literally crowd goes nuts and I didn't have one fucking joke. Yeah. I was like, okay, who else wants some? Where? <laughs> Please, God, what did you say, sir? With his hand in his pocket, you yeah. bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you bitch. Yelling at anybody? What are you? And so yeah, then I so I started doing stand. That's, and then he, he Lewis said to me, he's like, all right, you can go on. I'll put you on before Godfrey every night, and then Godfrey will close out the shows. I'll give you twenty five bucks. And I was like, done. And I did that for six months. Six months in. Uh, Will Smith discovered me and then yeah. fucking it was like fucking and I remember Barry Katz is like don't tell anyone you have a development deal don't tell anyone how much money it's for don't tell a word Patrice O'Neal first fucking night walked right up to me heard you got a development deal I was like yeah and he goes 100,000 I go no and he goes 125 I was like no and he goes I'm gonna keep guessing until you tell me I was like I can't I'm not supposed to tell you and he goes you didn't get it for 175. I think my eyes lit up, and he was like, 175. Burke got a development deal for 175,000. <laughs> he was fucking. Ba- I I missed those times. I spent yeah. a lot of time with Patrice because he was banned from the comedies yeah. for the cellar at the time. Yeah. Or at least he just didn't go there, and he just sat on the stoop at the Boston Comedy Club. I'll never forget him and Todd Berry getting into a fucking, I mean, almost a yelling match. Todd Berry was like. Todd Berry told Patrice he would never do Letterman. He goes, you'll never do Letterman. And Patrice is like, I'll do Letterman before you do Letterman. And Todd Berry's like, there's no fucking way. I want to say Todd Berry maybe already done it. And he goes, I'll be on Letterman before you're on Letterman. I promise you that. Todd Berry's like, there's no way. And Patrice goes, how did this start? I I have no fucking idea. But Patrice was like, I will panel on Letterman before you do stand-up on Letterman. And when I kept paneling... 
I'll say, hey, why don't you invite my friend? And I'll let you do stand-up when I'm paneling. And when you don't get offered to sit down on the couch, remember it's because... I mean, it was like back and forth. Uh, but yeah, the Patrice and fucking Todd. That was Patrice is a fucking fascinating fucking dude. Yeah. Um. But. So that conversation with your dad, you look at it as a pivotal point in your life, I t- your I, career. Oh, 100. Well, I've told my dad. I've told my dad ad nauseum. Him telling me I was a human piece of shit. It's the greatest thing he ever fucking did. Uh, I wish I had my book. I read you the foreword. I wrote the foreword to my wife, my sisters, my daughters, my dad, my mom. And I said, you have no idea how important that one conversation was. Because I had never heard it straight. Everyone was always like... It's like no one ever said that they caught me drinking in high school. But they knew I drank. Sure. Nah, nothing about weed. I'm sure they knew I had smoked weed. No one ever talked about it. And then I was this party animal. And they knew I was partying and not studying. No one said anything. Right. And then... And it was like that. And that was how I was going to carry on with the stand-up. Is just no one would say anything. And then when he said that... Dude, I became so fucking focused... I was like, because I was already focused, I just didn't know how to get it. And I realized it was humility. That has carried over so much in so many parts of this business with me is, like, the only the only reason I'm still a travel channel, I swear to God, is that I'm just a nice guy. Yeah. And I'm not an asshole. I'm not fucking, I'm not egotistical. I don't fucking go in and, and like, like, think I'm the number one shit at the network because I'm really not. I'm like, literally, I'm like fifth dude on the totem pole there, if that even. I mean, maybe even like tenth. But I, but and I know that, and I, maybe if I was the number one guy, I'd act differently. But I always carry myself with like, just you come into a club, never fucking diva esque, never like, uh, what's the lineup? That guy's off the show. I don't like that guy's act. I'm that always guy's like, so weird. Yeah, yeah, very so, weird. Yeah, I always let fucking anyone sell merch who wants to sell merch. Yeah, like, but I think that has helped me in this business more than anything. I think, I mean, I got jobs at Animal Planet just because they liked working with me. I was fun. So I, that conversation was the greatest. I didn't roll into New York with any humility. I remember telling someone. Uh, How long were you there at that point? I, didn't catch up. I was like seven. I was probably there seven months, six months. And I'd done an open mic with Dimitri Martin, and I met Dimitri, and I floated around, and I maybe done like an, another open mic. You could pay three dollars and go on stage at Surf Reality, right? But like, where no, was that? Elo Reside. It was like an art speak out, art speaking. Kind of yeah, thing. and so, um, but yeah, we'll say it out loud. One of your uh, boys uh, asked me very funny. What's no time he comes in tomorrow? Doesn't matter. All right. So, um, but yeah, and then and then that that happened, and I was like, wow. And I remember, do you hear something really weird? Judah Friedlander, Jordan Rubin, and Ben Bailey took me out for drinks one night, and they were like, hey man, I'll never forget this. Hey man, we like you. And I was like, oh thanks, I like you guys too. And like we just. You know, we want to tell you to stop barking. And I was like, why? And they're like, well, real comics don't bark. And I was like, okay. I go, yeah, but oh, but I'm getting on stage. And they're like, I know, but you should you should stop barking and just try to get stage time. And I was like, yeah, but I'm getting on stage every single night. And they're like, yeah, I know, but real comics don't bark. I go, but I am doing stand-up on that stage. Like, I am feel pretty real. And they're like, we're only doing this because we like you, and we don't want you to ruin your career. And I was like, I appreciate it, but I think I'm going to stay barking. And they're like, totally up to you, but we think you're a good guy. And if you continue barking, people see you as a barker. and I'm, Which is kind of true, mm. but uh, but then I got a deal like a month later. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I think I'm going to... And then, what was crazy is Barry Katz wanted me to keep barking even when I had a fucking six-figure deal. Really? Yeah, because he liked the story of it. He liked the fucking sales of it. This guy barks. Can you believe it? 
It's gonna have a sitcom and he barks. He's a barker. Yeah. Well, I was like, I got fucking money. I don't need to fucking bark anymore. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done with I'm done yeah. with that. I think that. it worked. I'm done. Yeah. I'm gonna just call him and get spots. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'll let you guys uh, so let me know if you need anything else. Show, sure, yeah. Oh my god. Man, there's so many. It, 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 like, stand up is such a weird journey for everybody. I, I feel like I don't know how. I, I, I feel like I've made so many missteps. Like, one. I don't even know if it's a misstep. I don't, do you, I don't know if you have anything in like this in your life where you kind of look and you're like, it wouldn't have been a bad thing, but it. it, it like, I got. Um, when I was in Mississippi, I got booked to be on that uh, that movie. Um, a Time to Kill. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Like Sam Jackson. This is how, this is how, I think this gives an insight as to my mentality and just how the business. Um, I used to play like a lot of pickup basketball. My uh, my cousin who's super attractive, she's a biracial chick in Mississippi, like look gorgeous, huge breasts, yep. green eyes, a good looking girl. And um, she wanted to be the court reporter in that movie. And she was like, I'm going to the state. She was like, they're looking for 18-year-old guys. You should come out with me and just go to the screen. So I was like, whatever. I went out. I was playing pickup basketball. She calls me. And she's like, yo, uh, they want you to come in and audition. I've never... This is beyond, like, have no business in show business. Like, I didn't know what show business was. I didn't understand. And I went in and I did, like, a live chemistry read in my basketball shorts and tank top. I'm playing ball with a bunch of country ass motherfuckers in Mississippi. Yeah. And don't think anything about it. I get a call like four days later and they're like, We're gonna book you for the movie for a time to kill. And I really? was like, Yeah. They had me the, the guy I was gonna be in that movie A Time to Kill, whatever black kid in that movie throws like a Molotov cocktail on a Klansman and the Klansman ignites or whatever, yeah. that was me. I oh, got yeah. that role. Like, I got signed. I signed a contract. I did all that shit. And I told my English teacher, uh, my uh, my math teacher, um, that I got in the role. And she was like, well, baby, if you miss three days, I'm going to fail you. And I'm like, well, they want me on set every day when they need me. And they're like, I'm going to fail you. And I just didn't have the, the mindset to be like, go fuck your mother. Yeah. I'm going to go do this movie with Keith or Sutherland and... You know, uh, Sam Jackson and whatever the Sandra Bullock was in. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey was in. Yes. Yeah. I was. I had a speaking role. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was so intimidated by this by this fucking math teacher that I didn't do it, and they gave it to some other dude. Like, cause when I called and told him I couldn't do it, the chick was like, "What are you?" T-? She couldn't even wrap her head around. She's like, "What do you mean you could? You can't do like, it?" Like, what do you like? What do you have another deal? I'm like, "What's a deal?" Yeah. Like, I don't know what a deal is with anybody. But yeah, I, and it's funny. I've never brought, brought myself to watch that movie because I, I know, I know the part that I was supposed to be, and it's like maybe that would have thrown. I'll tell you what. Off. I'll tell you what. This is my this is my two cents about that. Um. Everyone, I I regret so much having ever told anyone about the fucking Van Wilder thing. I regret it so much. You have no fucking idea. You would have never done it. I would have never. In retrospect, I wish I had never brought it up. The problem was, it's an interesting story to talk about now. But when I was young and trying to headline, and I'd go into a fucking radio and they didn't want to talk to me, and it was like hard. It was like it was a great way to fucking break the ice. So I had this unique story, and I, and it was like, it was like you know, it was a great little fucking icebreaker. And then they were like, "You're the fucking real," and I was like, "Yeah." And, and I have no attachment. To, I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie once. Right. And I've never 
And I and I really the only verification I ever have that the the movie's based on me is from National Lampoon. Right. From the executives at National Lampoon, I put them on the spot on a radio show, and they thought I was going to sue them, and so they were like, "I did National." Oh, Lampoon. so it wasn't official. Uh, and National Lampoon was like, "You're definitely you had to kind of no. grill them a little bit." No, yeah, no, right. I brought them on a radio show in National Lampoon's building for XM, Kevin Couch's show, and I said, "Bring in the, some execs." So they bring in these the movie movie execs. I said, "I have an interesting story to tell you." Now I had known from the director's girlfriend. That the director, when he got the part, they gave him the article of me. And they're like, read this, this is what this is, it's about this. So she had told my roommate that, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I had heard from other people, oh, yeah, it's, it's based on your article, but he's changed it enough where you can't sue them or something. And my, aunt, my agent at the time asked if I wanted to sue them when the movie came out. They're like, they're doing your movie, would you want to sue? And Barry Katz said, there's two types of people in this business, people who sue and people who work. Pick which one you want to be. So I never did anything. But I, I had this thing. I put these guys on the spot. I grilled them about it. And uh, and they freeze. They're like, cut the mics. And they're like, what is this? I said, nothing. I said, I just want to know. I said, I want to know for my own sake. Because I want to be able to say this on radio and go like, this is, you know. And they're like, okay, yes. Okay. And they're like, do you want to do your own? We'll do, how about, and then after the thing, they're like, why don't we do a radio shoot show with you called Parting with the Original Van Wilder. And I was like, Okay. So we were going to do a radio show, and then National Lampoon fell apart, and then XM merged, and yeah. just never happened. But I wish to God I never brought it up, because now it's like I go and do, like, I did radio or TV in Chicago, and they play a clip from the fucking movie. And I'm like, I don't want that shit. Like, I don't want that at all. How about something from the Travel Channel? Yeah, or me. <laughs> but they, for them, it's the most interesting fucking thing. And so, and but now, I look back, and trust Trust me, when I knew that that... When I was a young comic, I was so bitter that that fucking... That that fucking movie... I guess I should put this here. Probably better here. I was so bitter that that movie... I wasn't included in that movie. Like, I didn't even get included. I didn't even get asked to audition. I didn't ask to... Like, I was so angry that they had made a movie that was based theoretically on my life in, in some part. Kept right. all my friends' names in it. And, Did they? Uh, yeah, and, and didn't That's include That's even me. weirder in Stranger, yeah. son. His best friend's name's Hutch. And I'm like, that's my best friend. Hutch was in the fucking article. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So, as I, up, up until very recently, I realized I'm so glad. And you're probably, and you don't realize this now, but you will. I'm so glad I never had anything to do with Van Wilder. Because had I done something with Van Wilder, that would have been the top of the mountain for me. I would have had a really hard time, humility-wise, starting all over. Coming back and get down. And becoming that guy that goes, I'm yeah. going to be a stand-up comic. I'm going to work my way up. Yeah. I'm going to have no fucking credits. I would have been like, I mentioned I'm going to be I'd be the guy that you see at these <coughs> clubs that comes in who's famous and now does stand-up. And, and that's their one credit. And yeah. it's like... And, no one, and, and now your credit is 20 years old. Yeah. You know, or whatever right. it is. Like, now people don't even know you from that. Dude, I don't know if you can keep podcasting while taking eight-ball piss. But, <laughs> sorry, okay. but it's like, yeah, I mean, I think about it because, like, when I started stand-up, it's just like, I remember the first time I got paid, it was here in Florida, and I got paid $20, and the guy gave me a beer and a burger, and I remember, look, I just stared at the plate, and I was like, this dude gave me a burger for doing stand I was like, this guy's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I would have done this shit if I do this for free. I remember the first time getting paid, yeah. I remember the first time getting paid, uh, and I remember going, like, Oh fuck! 
Like I remember, I remember you get you get a hundred dollars a show on weekend nights, and I did three shows on a Saturday, and I got done. They gave me three hundred bucks, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I was like, "I'm gonna fucking this is the greatest game in the world." Yeah. I go, I got paid for fifteen minutes work three times. I was like, "This is fucking amazing!" I do it for free. I still do it. I sometimes I get a check for like when you do like some like big thing and they give you a check that's not really your rate but that was what they were going to pay yeah. I'm like hmm, yeah. could have got that me for half <laughs> everybody's been like I would have done this game before especially when they treat you really nice you're like all you needed was the, the hot ass steward the yeah. hostess and we're good I'm go good. piss yeah. alright he's almost done this is going to be a good podcast hopefully the fucking sound sounds good um When do you when do you tape your podcast, Sal? Uh, usually like on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, but we do we do Wednesdays and Sunday we tape them, and they don't air until the next week. So you know that shit don't matter. I'd love to do your podcast, dude. We would fucking love to have you, bro. I'd love that. Um. It's so interesting. When, what, what was the what was the deciding factor to not be in New York and go to LA? I got a job right now on Shaq Show. Uh, Shaq Show. Upload with Shaquille O'Neal on True TV. Got a job writing on that. What's he do? Uh, it's a it's a um, what's it called? It's like a it's a sketch. You know, Shaq makes fun of clip show. Um, really touch point oh with Shaq with an urban skew. So yeah. I think that's the does the market. Oh my god, dude! Going fucking for. world star hip hop. Son. <laughs> it's who that shit really just took off. It's just like it shows that there's like I would because I anytime I got past like a group of like four like black 14 year you know 19 year old guys like they're always talking about a fight. Like yeah. people just that's like a thing. It's like this dude came through and this dude was like boom. And this dude went down, he got up and he's like, Oh fuck that. He took a shirt off. And I'm like, You guys are just talking about a fight from three, but like it's just like everything is just like people, Dude, that, that people like to see people get sucker punched. That Kimbo slice fucking I remember when I first discovered that, I called Tommy Tom Segura right away. I was like, Hey, do you know who Kimbo Slice is? And he's like, No. I go, Google Kimbo Slice and I will talk to you in an hour and a half. And he, I was fucking, I was in Sacramento, and I was back when I was still doing Sacramento, and and I was fucking floored. I was that shit blew me away. Yeah. I, and then I, I got obsessed with fight videos, and then I started realizing I was terrified of everyone when I went out because I, all I'd seen were people beating each other up. So it was yeah. ingrained in my head of like I just saw fight all everywhere I went. I was like, oh, that's gonna be a fucking fight. That's kind of interesting, man, because I feel that same way. I've never thought of you. Just elucidated it, and I and I, I just I didn't thought about it that clearly. But it's just like if you, whatever you watch over and over again, you're gonna you're gonna start to assume that behavior on people. It's like a lot of people are not you know congregating in the backyard to be in a fist fight. Yeah, I, I it's just a select group of people. The thing with porn, porn has kind of fucked up my perspective of women because I end up I, and I and I almost say this coming on the road so much that that's my only outlet is googling is like porn and then and then I think being a comic I think you gravitate porn stars gravitate to us kind of they come to our shows and then they let you know they're like I'm a performer and you're like oh I get it and then you start googling them and you know them and then and, and then it's this weird thing of sexuality and I feel like I sexualize everything these days like I go to Blue Martini and all I'm doing is looking at chicks going like oh like and I, I'm like that's not who I am at all like that's right. never and I'm not 
a guy who closes the deal. I'm just a guy that I'm a creepy fucking old man. Yeah. Just fucking oh, look at that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching then, that. You know what's funny is like when that cute waitress just walked in, a 19 year old girl that was in here earlier. I don't look at her the same. I look at her as like I I see like where she is in her life, <laughs> yeah. and like you because we're all at different points. And I'm sure, like, a 75-year-old guy would look at you like, let me tell you something, son, dude. I know you and your wife argued last week. Like, don't. You know, like, but I just looked at her. But I didn't look at her. I was like, she's an attractive girl. I mean, you see attractive. You live in L.A. Who gives a fuck about somebody else's attractive? But I just looked and I was just like, yo, like, I don't want to fuck her. Yeah. I was like, I want to look at her. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like, and then you see your boyfriend. You're like, that guy looks way better than I do. <laughs> that guy is not even in the same. I wouldn't uh, even want her to have that step down from him to me. <laughs> I look. I spend my time looking at the women that go to the school with our kids, and judging where my wife is on that scale. Like, what wives are hotter than my wife, and what wives are not as hot as my wife. The same thing. I fucking do that all the time. Where I'm like, I'm like, oh, that. And then I'll, I'll, like, look at the wife, and I'll be like... Like, there was one... I, I don't remember this woman. Uh, my wife, if she would ever listen to this, she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. This woman was a fucking murderous ten. Like, she was a model. Her husband was a model. They were the most beautiful people I've ever seen. They were big as fuck. They were, like, Italian or something, or, like, from, like, from like the Montenegros or something. Yeah, I stay I stayed in a farmhouse in Montenegro for Are you serious? a month. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What in did Italy? You do there? Yeah. Uh I went I, it was like the last family trip we ever took. I was probably like if I'm thirty six now, I was probably like thirty. Yeah. I went with my mom and like, we had a great time. We went like we made our own we made our own food every night, but we stayed, really? we stayed at, like at the end of a dirt road in like an old chateau. That by like, the way, for the record, that does not sound like a black activity. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah my mom. My mom's like a Renaissance woman. Really? We're talking, I mean, my mom's got a PhD uh, and a master's. My grandfather had two PhDs and two masters by the time he's like fifteen. Holy shit! Like in statistics, and it's like, yeah. but that's fucking dude. There is that. Is that a stereotype of Ohio black people? Because Ohio, no. like, because Dave Chappelle's family is like that too. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, there's black intellectuals. And that's what it is. It's like, we're like, you have to establish in a black home, like, this is what we do. Yeah. We read in this house. And I say that to my kids. I'm like, we read in this fucking house. I don't yeah. say fucking. Yeah. But I told, I told my, I got twin nephews, Kevin and Devin, and I was like, they were fucking, they were on the fuck up knucklehead path. And I was like, look, man, we read, you see all these books in this fucking house? I was like, you come from a legacy of people that read. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got to... Pull that shit together, play. No, did, did did studying come easy to you? No, I definitely have ADHD. I have a lot of issues with that, and I think that's why I was such a shitty high school student. Yeah. When I got to college, I'll tell you the turning point for me and why I ended up getting a degree in biology and why I went to graduate school. I went to a black school because that was really one of the only two schools I got into. I went there. I had no skills, and I hung out with these dudes that I all liked and respected. My homes boys from DC and from all over. These dudes play ball. All these dudes, they were like students, but they, I mean, like two of my homeboys could do like 360s. Like, really? And pick up. And they didn't play on the team. Like, they, I mean, these guys got girls, or whatever. And I remember, you know, I'm fucking around my first year. I got like a fucking 2 1 or something, like barely yeah. passed, or whatever. And I remember we went to this award ceremony, and I thought like we were just going to like go look at the girls. And like three of my homeboys got like awards for getting a 4.0 the first. And I was just like, what the f-? like, I was sitting there stunned. 
Yeah. You know, like, what do y'all mean you got 4.0s? And I was like, oh, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? I want to start something. And that shit changed my life. You talk about that letter from your dad? Yeah. That award ceremony, when I sat there and my boys stood up and went and got glass trophies for getting 4.0s, I was like, we stay on the same hall, the same school. We fuck around and play the same Coach K on on, on, on Genesis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, and y'all motherfuckers is pulling 4.0s and I'm just fucking around out here. Yeah. I was like, and I'm not getting no pussy. <laughs> like I wasn't fucking anyone. How does that happen? Cause like when I went to when I went to Tougaloo, that's the name of my school. Did I tell you that it's called no. Tougaloo College. No. Tougaloo. Tougaloo. That's it. It's yeah. like an Australian yeah. children's show. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard anybody say that. It really did. Like when the Tougaloos, everybody. Let me tell you this for anybody that is still listening. Like. What you just said made me laugh so bad that a pain shot up through my heart. Like, it's like, it was like uncomfortable like me. Like, the Tougaloos. It really does. Like, skits it down. The Tougaloos. I went to... One guy's dressed in yellow. One guy's dressed in blue. How do you think you spell Tougaloo? Tougaloo? T-U-G-A-L-O-O? Close. T-O-U. Yeah, yeah, you just missed the U in it. Who is who is Tugalo? I I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I should re- yeah, but yeah, you should look at. I mean, but uh, Tugalo is a small black house, and um, at the time it it, it had produced the most black doctors, I think, in the South. Like it was like one of those black schools that was still open. It was like the only black school that used to pass out black doctors. So. Not, to, not to change the subject at all, and I'm not trying to. But have you seen Twelve Years a Slave? No, I got to see that shit. Dude, is it ridiculous? It's a little like it's something I wish I had seen younger. I wish I had seen it at a younger age. Uh-huh. So it really changes your perspective on what slavery was. And I'm 41, and just now I'm watching that going, holy fuck! Like I did not know what slavery. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I really hadn't. I literally. I because I assumed that if I was a slave owner, I'd be nice. I assume everyone was. And I go, oh, there's my bad guys, but. Like, I just never really had any perspective of what... What it what, was. I, did, I never had a face on it. Mm. You watch that movie and you're like, holy fucking shit. The white actors should all get fucking Academy Awards just simply for allowing themselves to play horrific human beings. Right. And really doing a great job. Right. Somebody's got to do it, man. But keep going. I'm sorry. Tougaloo, you, you were saying. Have you ever heard of Tougaloo College? No, what is what's Tougaloo? What is it? Yeah, Tougaloo, son. Yeah, I Jack. went there for eight years. Actually, they made a movie about my experience there. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did yeah. you see that? Right. That's why I wish I had never fucking said it. Jackson. No, no, I don't give a fuck. I didn't even know that actually until uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I, I had no idea actually, uh, and I knew who the hell you were and everything, a fan and everything, but I, I had no idea that that was. It's my fault. But hey, I didn't know there's a Rolling Stone article about that. It's fucking crazy too, man. So I yeah, it well, no one's gonna remember the Rolling Stone article, but everyone remember that fucking movie. Yeah. So where in Tougaloo? Where's Tougaloo? It was in Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, okay. Mississippi. Mississippi's a fucking interesting place. It's a crazy place because you meet people. You meet people with just a different perspective on what life is. Like I remember meeting people. That thought that like Jackson, Mississippi, was like the big city. They were like, "I can't believe I'm here." Like, fuck you, moving to New York or Chicago or LA. Like, they're like, 
you would meet people. I would meet people from like like their places in Mississippi called like Indianola and Yazoo City, Belzoni. Bumfuck. Yeah. Like yeah. crazy, like beyond bumfuck. Like what you think? You think you know? Like literally, like a motherfucker in the tub in the yard. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like I, I used to meet guys, and they would be like, they would get in fights with guys from other sc- high schools. Because they would think the guys from, like, Belzoni, Mississippi, were from the big city. They'd be like, oh, these guys think they can come take our girls. Like, that's... The the country is so compartmentalized. Like, you have no idea when people throw the word, like, New York around. Like, New York, to certain people, is no different than Milan. Like, they can't yeah. get to New York City. Yeah. But is Jackson... A, I mean, does, do they have a nightlife? Is it a big enough... I've never been, personally. So, I mean, I know it's not like maybe, New York, but is it... Maybe, but... I, maybe, but you know what, man... The South is a different place, and I don't even, even though we're in West Palm, I don't really consider West Palm the South. The South is a different place in that (laughs) black people and white people do not hang. When was the Emancipation Proclamation, do you know? Man, I'm going to guess. Emancipation Proclamation? 1815? No, it was 1860-something. 1869 is when this college started, and it was... They bought 500 acres of former plantations in central Mississippi for freed children of slaves and recently freed slaves. That's the same way. Um, Dude. I think Ohio State was built like that, too. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, fucking, the fucking... Let me tell you something. Whoever fucking did that is such a better person than me. Like, I would never have the fucking balls to go, you know what? I got, at the time, what must have been $70,000. I'm going to make this college for people I don't know. Let's start there. I don't know them. Second, I'm going into the fucking heart of Mississippi and doing it for freed slaves and I'm going to teach them how to read and write so they can understand what cunts the white people have been. <laughs> like literally that is, I look at something like that. I don't, I don't have think that. people understand when you say the heart of like where racism lives. We're not even talking about like Boston racism. No, we're talking about we're talking about a place where even when I was in college, and I was in college in the 90s, when I drove through Mississippi, I was scared. You were, you were scared because you weren't from Mississippi. That was It was one of those places where you, I heard, you ain't from around here, boy, are you? And I went, no, sir. Literally? Yeah. You ain't from around here, boy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. think that comes wow. from? Yes. I, I got pulled over one time. Right? <laughs> I got pulled over in, I want to say, in either, maybe it might have been in Georgia when I got pulled over. I got pulled over in a small town in Georgia. And he took my fucking license from me and said, you're done driving. I went, excuse me? He goes, you're done. Took my license and drove away. I went, I think he just broke the law. <laughs> and did you ever get your license? Never got my fucking license back. <laughs> I had to get fucking new the cop took my fucking license and fucking drove away. And I went, holy shit. And this is before internet where you can just go online, pay 25 bucks, and you had to go and fucking to the DMV and... I, you know what? I have no Here, fucking man. clue what I did. I have no fucking clue, but he took my license. I was driving up to uh, up the Appalachian Trail. Dude, it's it's a different place, and that shit showed me, especially like because when I moved to Mississippi, this is how my world got expanded. I was a I was a black dude from Cleveland. hadn't been anywhere really, even though my mom traveled essentially. I always tell people like my mom, my mom was on quinoa. 
back when niggas thought that was like a black girl's name. Like, she <laughs> yeah. was on that shit in like the eighties. Yeah. Like my mom was like a very progressive woman. Like uh, like she was in graduate school, so we, like, we have gay people at our house. So like I kind of knew about the world. Like she, my mom kind of had a, a bohemian kind of society around her. Yeah. But like when I moved to Mississippi and then started going to New Orleans, I got a girlfriend down there. Got that shit. Then from there I went to Brown. Uh, my homeboy that I moved that I went to Brown with, he said he walked into his room his first day of trans uh, of transition. His roommate was wearing a dress. Male roommate. Oh, shut up. Yeah, wearing a dress. I paid money to be in that room at that moment. Wearing a dress. And like, it just like, and the thing is like, when I saw this dude, when I heard, when he told me that he was wearing a dress, I was kind of like, I realized that I was slowly getting into who I really was. Like when I, when I first moved to New York, I lived in East Village and I see trannies and shit. And I kind of like, I like different people. Yeah. I'm intrigued by different people. If yep. you've got a fucking gigantic nose ring, I want to talk to you. And chances are you're going to be boring as fuck. And like neither one of you guys have nose rings or anything. Yeah. I doubt anybody's as interested in you. But I want to. I'm always intrigued. And like it's that counterculture. Should open me up. Counterculture. When I went to Florida State, I was a meathead in high school. A meathead, fist fight, beer drink, pot smoke. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking meathead. Yeah. And then when I went to college, I remember. I remember my dad said something kind of. Passingly saying, you know, buddy, the best thing about college is that you can be whoever you want to be. When you go there, you can kind of rediscover yourself. You can read. That's what colleges are for: is opening up your mind. So I remember, remember that. And I, because I remember I had said, um, I had said something to him one time that offended him. My dad's very fucking liberal, and so I'd said something that offended him. I don't remember what it was at all, but you know, all I grew up around was were Cuban kids, mm-hmm. and C- Cuban kids aren't Cuban. I don't want to sound like I'm saying something, but you've been in Miami. Maybe. Latinos, Years. La- Latinos aren't the, in the '80s. We're not the most open-minded, <laughs> no. like socially people. <laughs> so, like, I, and I think that throws people off because I think when it comes to partying, people are like Miami is there, yeah. but like politically, it's conservative, super conservative, super yeah. conservative. Uh-huh. And so, and I went to Tam- I went to Tallahassee, and I remember my first day there. I went to like the student union, and they had. A Grateful Dead poster, and I was like, I was like, and Grateful Dead albums. I was like, I didn't know where you could get a Grateful Dead album in fucking Tampa, and so I was like, fuck. So I got a Grateful Dead album, I got a pair of Birkenstocks, and I got a fucking poster, and I put it up, and I listened to uh, uh, Grateful Dead in my fucking dorm room, and I was like, oh shit, I just changed, and I found fish, I found fishbone, I found widespread panic. And I became a hippie. I like grew my hair long and then joined a fraternity and I had to cut it all off. But but I always had that kind of like, I would have been a fucking hacky sack fan. I wore a fanny pack all through fucking college. Yeah. I love fanny packs. I thought they were the greatest thing ever. I guess I guess like pictures of people in fanny packs and called fanny pack Friday. No, shut up. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, on Instagram, man. Yeah, definitely. I'm upset. Like, I'll follow people around with a fan. I got an Asian dude. So. The other day, I just forgot his ass. Just click. I fucking always wear a fanny pack. I got a fanny pack right now. I saw it. I got a fanny pack like, right now. I was, I, was trying to give you the, I was trying to give you the benefit. I was like, maybe it's a miniature championship belt. Nope. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's my incognito one because I need it for, I have too much shit in my pockets. Can somebody just please come mug you? I do not. I want them to mug you, and then they fight, like they're about to leave, and they're like, "I think this motherfucker got a fanny pack on it." Oh <laughs> my god! Do you realize if like I did get mugged, do you know that they would laugh hysterically for a second, <laughs> like, and, and everything in the fanny pack. What do you keep in here, though? 
Uh, there's Chargers. Fucking who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I got. What are we gonna do with our fucking suitcases? Oh, you want to go get a drink? Yeah. Let's. Okay. Okay. Everybody, out. Do you have any dates to promote? I might post this tonight. Yeah. Um. Catch me. I'm in Lansing next week, and I'm at the comedy on the state in Madison at the end of next month, the 24th or the 26th. Man, I said this. Fucking Matt and I said this when you left. We have not laughed so fucking hard as we did at the beginning of this. I, I, we're so gonna. I want to. I'm gonna do, and and I don't think anyone will be opposed to this. I, it's like I have, sometimes I have like return guests, but it's usually like a couple weeks later or a couple months later. I want to have you back as soon as I can. Me, you, Matt, in the man cave. We'll have some cocktails. We'll do a late night podcast. Open a few bottles of wine. And we'll fucking. I'll get you guys cars and drive you out to my house, and then get your cars and drive you home, so you don't have to worry about drinking and driving. I've never said that to anybody. I what? always say, "Fucking come over," and if you leave, that's on you. Oh, <laughs> I got, I got like Tom. Tom Rhodes came over, and I was like, "I know Tom. We're gonna end up drinking." So I got him a car service to take him over to my yeah. house. So I was like, "I don't want him dealing with it." Yeah. Stanhope and I. I've talked to Stanhope, and me and Stanhope are gonna do an odd houred uh, podcast. So it's going to start at like 4 in the morning, and we're going to drink somewhere outside, and we're going to watch the sun rise. I thought that would be a cool idea. But then Sean Rouse decided he wanted to be That's in it, and I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, Stan Hope's someone I... Sean Rouse, man. Dude, I've Sean known, Rouse is... I've known is, Sean Rouse for, I mean... That's my homeboy, man. I just, like, I, I love that man on a, in a different way. Like, I just love him. And fucking Stan Hope, for me, is like kind of the definition of where you should be looking to take your career in this business. Yeah. I fucking love Stan Hope. I love Sean, so I was like, let's do it. So the four of us, the three of us, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to find somewhere to do a podcast. But like, I, but I'm saying, I will, literally the day I'm getting home, I'm texting you to find out when you can come over, me, you, in full charge. And we'll, and I'll, but time. people will listen to this and they'll go, the audio sucked, but that was fucking amazing. Son, that's what's up, man. And like, honestly, I'm going to come over and I might just smoke and just listen to you and fucking Doug and, and, and what, I won't say it more. Oh, no. I th- wherever we are, it's, it's hard to get schedules, but if you're fucking more than welcome to come. I'm always chilling. All right. Perfect. I do this BBC show and it, it like takes care of me enough where like, I'm just like, I'm like a fucking housewife. I'm just like, I'm like, I got my days free. Yeah. <laughs> you know, straight posted. So, Matt, let's see if we can blow you up on Twitter. What's your... I've got, uh, if anyone... In Arizona, man, uh, this Friday, the 29th, I fly out to do the uh, Tempe Improv and stand-up live out in Phoenix and Tempe. Back-to-back uh, back or one weekend? Um, it's one weekend, two days, I'll be there for four days, two days at Tempe, two days at stand-up live. I'm hosting the uh, Arizona's Funniest Comedian Competition that they're hosting out there. Nice. Uh, I got that, and um, you know, just trying to hustle, man, around here. In, What's uh, your Twitter? Twitter, at uh, Matt Bellick, M-A-T-T. B-E-L-L-A-K Matt. And Matt was in MMA Training to fight MMA For a while For three years Yeah <laughs> And then Yeah Can you believe that oh, I mean I guess, yeah, I guess I used to be Yeah I can I can beat up your average guy really? I can <laughs> Your average guy I can beat you can up beat him up pretty easily I mean I'm a little I'm 5'8 man Like I, when I fought I fought at 149 I was walking around About 160 But you cut weight To compete So I mean I'm a small guy So yeah. uh, your average guy That's my size I can beat him up yeah. Wow, that's, that's really cool though. Yeah. He's got an MMA beard. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. All right, let's go get a cocktail somewhere. We'll leave our bags here and see if Casey will let us get them later. Fuck yeah! All right, if he doesn't fuck it. All right, guys. I don't know if I've said it or not. Buy my book. 
buy my fucking you know what, book. You live up to that so much, bro. I fucking thanks. I'll, yeah, until my funeral. Uh, be, you know what? Uh, can I tell you what? Oh, I got uh, my wife. I got my wife. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.